It's time. Finally, a show for you. A once-a-week extravaganza, giving you the weekend's movies, the week's cons and entertainment events, what is worth watching on television for the week, the weekly comic book, novel, game, and collectible releases, as well as entertainment news and information. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture. It's Pop Culture Kaboom with your host, Jimmy Jones. Hello, everyone. This is the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Spencer Stoner. Woo! Rob Nald. Hello. And I am Jimmy Jones. Are here to give you everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Whether you consider Sunday the end of your week or the beginning of it, go into Monday the best informed person you know. As we provide you with the latest news, information, and releases from television, comic books, movies, novels, cons and events, toys, and collectibles, and games. The Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show is also your place on the radio dial for you to talk about your favorite fandoms. This week, Tony Sanfilippo of Filippo's Horrible Reviews will be joining us to go over the movies set to be released this coming week. We will have a great guest for you this evening. Yes, just plural or singular. I, I know it was advertised as plural, but uh, we unfortunately will not be having Damon Hillen on tonight. The distributor of his latest film has asked him not to take interviews regarding Three Days in Malay. Uh, we wish Damon Hillen, Benetton Films, and Hillen Entertainment the best success for Three Days in Malay. Uh, it is in theaters now if you want to go and check it out, too, by the way, and hope to have him back on the show in the near future. We will still be talking with award-winning fantasy author Michael C. Falciani. I got his name right. Yeah. Yay! Thank you. Thank you very much. He's Michael uh, K. Not C. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got the Michael Falciani. I'm still, I, I count that as wow. a win. Okay. Can you clap in reverse? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyway, thanks, Rob, for... Sorry? Just... I, like, it's his name. You're the one who goes to birthday parties and pops balloons, huh? I do. <laughs> uh, we still will be talking to him about the award, about the Raven and the Crow series, which, and also including the upcoming third book of the series, as well as his other novels, which are in the connected universe of the Raven and the Crow, uh, like the award-winning The Dwarves of Rom, Omens of War, War... I, I, I think I got that one right, Rom. R-A-H-M, Rom. Yeah, Rom, yes. All right, just wanted to make sure. And, of course, we're, and we will also be talking about Ericon 3. It is this coming weekend, August 18th through the 20th, at the Odd Fellows Building in Reno, Nevada. And the person who put it all together, well, is just happens to be sitting right here, Mr. Co-host Spencer Stoner. Thank you. Thank and uh, we'll be talk, he'll be telling us everything about Ericon 3, from the activities to the guests that will be there and everything you will see for those three days in Reno. And when? And how much it'll cost? Free. Free? <laughs> Free to anybody who goes. So, all this and your comments and thoughts on these seven pillars of pop culture entertainment, your favorite fandom, everything discussed on the show. To add your voice, all you have to do is call 775-515-4141 anytime during the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. Or you can send me a DM through the Pop Culture Kaboom Facebook page. You are always welcome to call, but if you're too shy for the phones and you don't want to send a DM through Facebook either, and you don't have time to comment during the show at all, but would still like to comment, you can reach us 24-7 by sending us an email with your questions, comments, or concerns to popculturekaboom at gmail.com. Someone else went live while we're live. Good luck. <laughs> what? <laughs> it popped up on the Facebook. Oh. Someone went live just now. So. Oh. 
Right. While I'm on the air, good luck with that one. <laughs> anyway, uh, so and follow these simple instructions. Please put in the subject line, question, comment, concern, or my fandom in the body of the email. Please add your first name. It will not be. I will not read email addresses on the air. The city, state, or country that you live in, then fire away with what's on your mind. I respond to each and every email. If you have a specific question for Spencer or Rob, I will forward the email to them. To respond back to you, bear in mind emails are read on the air unless you specify for them not to be or you can't follow those simple instructions on how to fill out an email uh, for me to read on the air. And so let's get to the, some of the emails. We went international this week. Yay! So Edgar, or or would it be Edgar? I'm not sure. Uh, Edgar. Santa Fe, Argentina. Edgar? Edgar? I don't know. Me neither. Uh, are there any cons in Argentina? I have not heard you mention any. I can't find any. Maybe you can help. Um, first of all, uh, the only ones I could find, and I just did a quick Google search, uh, the Argentine Game Show. I don't know if that's an actual game show or if it means if it's going to be it's like, like a game or, show, or, game or, show. Or if it's like RageCon for yeah, Argentina. Yeah, yeah. basically. I, I wasn't exactly sure, but it's going to be on my birthday, October 13th in Buenos Aires. Uh, the Anime Con Argentina is on September 22nd in Buenos Aires. And the Argentina Comic Con, uh, it looks like they do that twice a year. And uh, the, what I could read, because I can't read Spanish, but it looks like it might be taking place in December and uh, more than likely in Buenos Aires also. <laughs> oh, nice. That's where the previous ones were held. So I looked it up, uh, Santa Fe, and looked up uh, how to travel from Google did as well. Santa Fe, Argentina to Buenos Aires. It's like 289 miles. So according to Google, it's about four and a half hour tri- drive. trip. Oh. I don't know oh. about drive. It is Argentina. I don't know. Oh. You know. Okay. Uh, anything south of the border for me, I is basically like uh, um, romancing the stone. You ever see that movie? <laughs> yeah. so wow. Okay. I, I expect mud roads and people crammed on a bus. Uh, so, or riding a horse, or walking, or something. Anything but you know, like a, a modern freeway that I'm used to. <laughs> Maybe that's, but I've never been out of the country, so okay. that's why. So, <laughs> it's like every place in England or or in Europe, I expect to have cobblestone streets. <laughs> I really do. I, I I don't know why. Anyway, uh, this one is going to be a little rough to try and pronounce, but Steve, that's not the tough part, Nakuru, Kenya, N-A-K-U-R-U. Nakuru? Yeah, sounds okay. about right. Nakuru. Nakuru. Yeah. Uh, thank you for your show. It's good knowledge and funny, though you say things it's hard to know. I like you I like you talk with black creators. You good man and good show. Well, thank you, Steve. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate that. I wish they'd put AI in the uh, translator. That's all I Yeah, but asked. you know, the, 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 the thing about the English language, it is one of the, if not the most complicated in the yep. world, but it is also one of the most forgiving Thanks to context, so we could understand most of what he said there. Yeah. So, so that just kind of shows how forgiving of the language it is. And last but not least, um, you know, when I say "fire away with what's ever on your mind," it okay. was in context to what's on the show. But I'll let this one slide. <laughs> Merritt from Jacksonville, Florida. I've been a pretty avid comic book collector since I was eight, back in 1973. In that time, I've amassed a large collection and have had my share of favorite characters, writers, artists, and companies. I've had to sell a bunch of bunch from time to time to cover expenses, but I've held on to some of my favorites. I've noticed that with the recent influx of movies that too many changes are being made to characters, and I don't like it. <laughs> They then use these changes to change the characters in the comics as well, and I have had to make the tough decision... 
Hi, Eric in Whittier, California. That popped right up in the middle of that sentence. Uh, they have they then use those changes to change the characters in the comics as well, and I have had to make the tough choice of, uh, to stop collecting those. Mm. Thanks, Merritt. I don't know if there was a well, question in there, but you definitely had to vent about that, I guess. Oh, yeah, he's, he's, he's whinging about changes. I mean, the, the first really big one, well, not the first, but... You know, it's like uh, when the Michael Keaton Batman movie really hit. Oh, I did. Uh, in the comics, he was still in his blue and gray suit then. But then, you know, once that hit, you know, he had to start wearing all black. <laughs> or really dark gray. He didn't gray. have to, but it actually looked kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. But then um, the, the the biggest one I can think of right off the top of my head is how they changed Mystique. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, they, they, they basically gave her all the scales and stuff like she had in the movie in the comics. Just because no the, the, the mm-hmm. movie hit so big. See, uh, that's what always bothered me about that because I have been accused of being a comic book purist um, mm-hmm. because, like, any movie that any... And that's why I didn't like the X-Men because they deviated so much. It was like yeah. Hugh Jackman made it a big deal that, oh, he said Bub one time in the X-Men movie because mm-hmm. he read the comic books. I'm like, then why didn't you write it? Because <laughs> that was a horrible story. And I didn't like what they did to Sabretooth because Sabretooth has always been my favorite character. Mm-hmm. And, and he got had those living eye, caterpillar eyebrows. <laughs> I mean, that was just silly. I, I didn't yeah. mind the long hair and all in the, you know. Right. But those those eyebrows, <laughs> oh, that was rough to look at. Yeah. <laughs> and Toad, I didn't. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's another big change. You yeah, know, like they actually I, made I him didn't... look. They actually made him kind of intimate, somewhat kind of intimidating in the movie. So they made him more Toad, actual Toad like in the comics too, like in the, mo- yeah, like the so, movie. Yeah. But uh, so I've always before he could just jump big. You know, he no, didn't he have the that, tongue. He didn't, he didn't have, have no, the he didn't have the tongue. Oh, that's so. right. Yeah. So all, all he had was the big jump. All that weird stuff that they do in those movies. So, and and my biggest problem with that whole movie was how they um, changed Rogue. Oh yeah, that, that they they was... did my they did my Southern Belle dirty. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I did not like how they handled Rogue. I loved Rogue in the comics and in the yeah. cartoon in the '97 cartoon. Yeah, I did well, not like her they, rendition. They took in the out movie. the complete Mar- uh, uh, Captain Marvel. Um, Aspect. Yeah, and I can I can understand them having to edit that out because you know Ms. Marvel wasn't a mutant and all that, but the, they basically just made her Jubilee 2.0, and mm-hmm. we already had a Jubilee in the comics, but not yeah. in the movies. That's all. But anyway, well, it's not until three. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't like the you know I I'm not not taking away anything from the actors, but I was not too thrilled with how old Magneto was. I mean, well, but that work kind of works for Magneto because with with, with his Origin being stuck in World War Two, mm-hmm. you know they have to ba- basically figure out ways to age him, de-age him, and stuff over the years. But they didn't. <laughs> well, no, no, no. But they, they they didn't because it worked in the regard in the context. Of I like the story. Michael Fassbender version, yeah, of Magneto. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, even that, I had some issues with too. So, uh, yeah, I, I've I've had plenty of oh, issues with apocalypse. the apocalypse. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That was painful to watch. Yeah, and, uh, and the then they did smear. Yeah, then they really did my boy Cyclops dirty in uh, in the third one. What was up with that? They they killed him off because he because he because James Marsden jumped ship to go and be in Superman Returns with oh, Brian okay. Singer. It was just <laughs> I just thought it was goofy all the way around, and and they do change too much to make them even with the MCU. I was unhappy with a lot of the changes they made to a lot of the characters there as well. Mm-hmm. So you know. And so I kind of just grain of salt everything. DC has got to be the worst, though. Okay. <laughs> mm. I mean, 
with changing characters, which we'll get into with the whole, because uh, uh, Blue Beetle is the big 400-pound gorilla being released this week. So Indeed. Yeah, I got some thoughts on that one. Anyway, uh, let's get to the uh, Phoenix question of the week. Uh, the time travel trope has been a staple of science fiction and even horror. The Phoenix question of the week asks, if you were presented for, for a one-time opportunity to time travel, would you use it? And if you did, what would you do, Spencer? Well, you know, my first reaction to when when we had this, when I saw this question, was like, oh no, 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 no! I saw, I watched the butterfly effect. You know, <laughs> I, just, I don't need, I, I don't need to have no arms going. Uh, and yeah, well, but, that was because he kept trying to go back to change particular events, yeah. events yeah. in his own life. Yeah, I, I do have to admit though, I laughed when I saw Ashton Kutcher without arms. <laughs> Okay. I, I, I kind of, I, I know, kind of a jerk thing there, but but anyway, <laughs> but then you know, I got to thinking, you know, everybody thinks about, you know, if I could just go change this one mistake in the past, personal or world, uh, tomato tomato, not really. Yeah, well, in my case, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go back and you know choke up baby Hitler or, or go ask that one girl out that I didn't ask out when I was you know 14. I'm not going to do anything like that. What I would do. I remember an episode of Star Trek Next Generation with Matt Frewer. Love that actor. He's actually a time traveler who went to the future, stole future tech, came back to the past, and invented it. Mm-hmm. That's, I, now, that sounds like something I could get behind. I would take one trip to the future, find something awesome, bring it back, and invent it. And then I would be on easy street. And no butterfly effects on my end. <laughs> no bootstrap paradoxes on my end. Okay. Let, let the, I'll let the people in the future, after I'm, after I'm long dead, worry about that. Yeah. <laughs> and buried in your bed of money. And buried in my bed of money. <laughs> That's right. Um, I, well, I'm, I'm just trying to think of any kind of like consequences to that. Well, first off, um, any tech that you bring from the future that you would cl- try to pass off as your own invention... A, you would have to know how to operate it, yep. put it together, all the oh. whole nine yards. Yeah, so would and I, I, I would take the time that? to learn everything, yeah. Oh, okay. As best I could, yeah. All right. Hmm. That's plausible, I guess. All right. Uh, Rob, what say you? Well, I guess it depends on if you are going to be stuck in that time zone or if you get to come back from that time zone. Um, I guess my whole concept was to having to be able to come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> dur, yeah, I kind of, we kind of figured that one. Um, I don't know. Take your pick. Uh, I, I, like, okay, well, if I had it, I, I can give you both. That's why I was Okay, asking, well, so. give us both. All right, so if I had to, like, just go back to do, like, one thing and then come back and go see Tina Turner in concert in um, Brazil. In that Brazil? Con- yes, the concert that she did over there was just amazing. Then, of course, the one seat she <laughs> took was that. Oh my gosh! Back in the eighties, late night, early nineties, yeah. Yeah. Then of course the one seat you sat in was where little, you know, seven-year-old John Legend would have sat (laughs) to be inspired. And then all of a sudden, you know, the the, 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 their music completely changes in the twenty-first century, for better or for worse, is up for debate. Didn't say I had to take. I had to like get into the seat legally. Yeah, I can't see the music. I can't see the music turning any worse, quite honestly. But anyway. Um, and then if I had to go back and I was like stuck, I'd go back to like 1984 
84? Yes. What's so I magical loved, about 84? I just loved 84. <laughs> okay, so not to, just, not to change anything, but just to kind of just experience again, it again. Yes, as an adult versus as a child. Huh. You know? <laughs> wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I would probably, I'd like to take, make mine a two-way, to a, you know, a round trip. I would go back and come back. Uh, uh, okay, interesting question uh, for you, um, Spencer. Yes. Eric wants to know if uh, uh, would you not be concerned about possible about possible killing someone in uh, in your future by doing that? Well, technically, the the if you go by whatever whatever <laughs> uh, time travel uh, philosophy you go with. Either the future has infinite variables, so I, I only go to one possible future and then I come back. But then, uh, so then, the future that I went to wouldn't be the future that I would affect, have, having this new technology. Uh, Jim in uh, Carson City says I would time travel ba- back a month to win that one billion dollar lottery. <laughs> <laughs> and he was kind of upset about your answer, Rob. Oh, yeah, he's like, really? Dana Turner, really? Not- <laughs> Not Stevie Ray Vaughan's last show. Uh, you're not a guitarist, are you? No. That answers that. Okay. So although that you, would be a great, either one would be a great show though. Especially, but Stevie Ray Vaughan for a guitarist would be awesome. All right. I I, I thought of all the possibilities. And a first off, uh, I don't think people quite understand the complexity of time travel when they come up with stuff like this. Or, <laughs> uh, well, because all right, the Earth spins at what? Uh, 20, let's just say 25,000 miles per oh, yeah, hour. I think, yeah, I think it's like closer to or, 50, but yeah. Yeah. Like 50,000 miles an hour, and it's, it's got, spiraling off in one direction. And yeah. it's rotating, going around the sun. Mm-hmm. And so to time travel, you would have to calculate when exactly on Earth at that point in time would be. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you would, uh, even going back three seconds, you would be like 50 blocks away. Yeah, and so, then if you went back over a, a couple of years, you'd be in completely empty space. Exactly. So, barring all of that um, and avoiding any kind of butterfly effect or <laughs> time paradoxes, I'd go back to 10,000 BC. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, because my artistic talent is, I would totally fit in with cavemen. <laughs> <laughs> I would draw like, uh, I, and, I, and I thought about this <laughs> a little later too. I would draw like pictures of um, alien spacecraft coming down. And I'd tell them like whole story and end it like with a picture from uh, uh, Men in Black, where uh, Tommy Lee Jones's character is handing in, handing the alien oh flowers. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So you you would go back ten thousand years. Just to screw with people. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'd come back just to see the consequences of that. That'd be hilarious. <laughs> what do you think about that, Rob? You look kind of dumbfounded. You're like, who would waste their time? <laughs> I, no, I just, I don't know. There's been a lot of significant things that have happened since they've, like, discovered cavemen and cavemen drawings. So I don't know, like, what effects that would actually have on history, you know? Exactly. Well, no. <laughs> Other than them finding it and seeing all of a sudden alien spaceships on a, on a caveman Well, wall. that's what I mean. Like, you know, like it could totally of course completely I'd be, change I, our future. Think about it now. Like, we're just now hearing about, like, the UFO files. Well, not really. Know? That stuff's been around since the 60s. No, but they're coming out with it. They're, the government's finally saying, okay, yeah, they're real, you know. Or some of it is or whatever they're saying yeah. now. But, you know, with the with that, who knows? Maybe back in the 50s when, like, the big Roswell thing happened, maybe... Everything could be different now because of it. True. Well, well you yeah, but... get a lot more press. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, but it's just like those cave. Well, it also depends on when those cave drawings are discovered. That's what I mean. Too. Like it depends. Like you know. Like well, yeah. Well, you could you could make sure it was a cave that's not really discovered until after you get back, and you can just kind of <laughs> nudge somebody to go, "Hey, you know, in Research Timbuktu, caves. there's that one little cave okay, over there, you know, that nobody's cave. really been in." <laughs> yeah, but I'd be crushed at all of a sudden they're critiquing the artwork. You know, it's like, oh, and even for a caveman, this was bad. What? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, this one had a mental deficiency when he was drawing some kind of physical disability. Oh, come on! <laughs> this was before Neanderthal, man. <laughs> yeah, okay. Thanks, guys. I appreciate that. All right. Well, with that being said, we do have to take a hard break, but we got all kinds of show for you. Uh, we still got movies with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo and our big interview with Michael K. Falciani. Um, coming up later in the show as well. So don't go anywhere. More Paul Culture Boom Radio Show coming up. The Brewery Arts Center presents Seeds of the Movement, how psychedelic rock art took root in Nevada until September 17th. The gallery is open Tuesday through Sunday, noon to 4 p.m. Brewery Arts Center is located at 449 West King Street in Carson City. For more information, visit breweryarts.org. All one word. You don't have to put the D-O-T, though. You, have, you can put a, uh, what is that, a period? Anyway, <laughs> uh, so that is going on. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Um, a couple of other things real quick here. Uh, 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 Eric in Whittier, California, says that it would be interesting because uh, uh, Orson Welles' radio show, War of the Worlds, mm-hmm. would take mm-hmm. uh, on an interesting uh, context with some scientific backing. I don't know if... My sloppy drawings on a cave wall would consider a scientific backing, but uh, <laughs> and Jim in Carson City, he also uh, wrote in and he said, uh, "How about going back in time and doing whatever necessary to make sure those six awful Star Wars movies did not get made?" <laughs> <laughs> good point, Jim. That was a good one. Yeah. Well, I really liked half of them. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I mean, if you liked them, you liked them. It's not my I liked them. <clears throat> well, if the two of you liked them, I certainly did not. I'm in Jim's camp. Uh, so I know. On that There's one. a lot of people that are, so. Okay, fair enough. All right, so the WGA strike is now officially in its 96th day. Oh, you And the SAG-AFTRA SAG strike is in its 24th day. When the news hit on Thursday from the WGA that AMPTP President Carol Lombardini had and I quote, asked the WGA negotiating committee to meet with the AMPTP negotiators on Friday. There was some nervous optimism that maybe the previous week's meeting about more meetings didn't go nearly as bad as first thought. So they have to have a meeting to talk about more meetings. Really? After today's meet, after that meeting, it looks like that nervous optimism can continue. In a message to the union's membership, the WGA confirmed that the AMPTP did offer a counterproposal and the WGA will evaluate their offer and after deliberation, go back to them with the WGA's response next week. Hmm. Now, here's the problem. You've got all of these people that are union, rep, union reps, basically, getting mm-hmm. paid to just do union <coughs> rep stuff, right. representing these writers who are on strike and not getting paid, mm-hmm. who are taking their sweet time to actually get this stuff resolved. Because they're still getting paid, but the writers aren't. Interesting dilemma, if you ask me. Uh, uh, okay, my dad was a union rep for yeah. a while. 
And when there were times where, like, I remember, like, he would go to meetings that nothing was actually said at meetings. They just sat there? They just sat there. Yeah. And it's just, it's like tactics. It's all tactics. It's all scare tactics and stuff like that to, to get the other party to back down and... That's why, like, you don't know exactly what's going on with the union reps, what they actually are doing, because they do these things and they get they get they go to these meetings and then nothing actually is fruition. It's a meeting about nothing, you know, Mm. and it's not their fault. They're under the pretense of, yeah, we're going to be talking about resolving this, you know, well. Tomato, tomato. I'm yeah. not in the room. I, I, I'm that's not sure I said, exactly like, what's going on. It's, it's hard to tell and you don't know. Yeah. yeah. I, I wish I could be a fly on the wall for this stuff or actually the one coming in the room and just slapping everybody. <laughs> right. Get to work. Right. So, because everybody who's in that room is getting paid. But yeah. the people out on that strike line aren't. Mm-hmm. So that's that was kind of my point of saying. I know. No, I, mean, I understand. But, like, know, it's it's not like they aren't doing their job. You know, they are. Well, we hope they are. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but if they're in a room, nobody's saying nothing because it's a strategic tactic. How's that really helping the person out there who's wondering how they're going to f- get some food that way? Yeah, but they can't back, you know, if they I, back I, down. I know. I, 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 I hear you. But it's, it's, you know, it's hard. It's hard. Like I like I said, you know. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're, unfortunately, we're not in the room. Right, we're not part exactly. of the machinery. So we're not a cog. So all we can do is look on the, you know, be on the outside looking in mm-hmm. and not seeing and anything. Give an opinion that we think may or may not be correct. Um, I don't know. I'm, That's what I said. You know, we don't know. If our, if, well, you know, I know that they're getting paid, right? I mean, but the people that are striking aren't. So yeah. So so the thought is, you know, the the reps could be not quite having the sense of urgency that Joe Blow, who wrote, you know, an episode of Roseanne back in the nineties, isn't. Yeah, he's 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 wondering if he's going to be, uh, you know, going down to the food bank while this person's in there going, yeah. should I talk about the football game last night or just sit here quietly? <laughs> you know. I, I understand. But like I, <laughs> oh, I I understand. I'm, I'm just trying to be funny now. I guess that's not yeah, no, going, but like I said, it, that's it's, going over like a lead balloon. Apparently, <laughs> no. It, it's, like I said, it, a lot of the time, most of the time, like you know, talking with my with my father and and having you know, it, they would go to these meetings and they would try to get stuff done and nothing would happen. The other side would just be stonewalling, essentially. Yes, exactly. So that's why I said, like, you don't know, like. <laughs> they could be trying to set up all these meetings beforehand and they finally broke free and went like, okay, finally, I guess you emailed my secretary. She's finally getting mad, you know, like <laughs> she's getting mad. They won't stop emailing. They sent one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, you know, like you don't know like what's like why or when like the talks don't happen or do happen and why it takes a while. Like, I mean, look at the UPS thing that was like done and over with in like a few like days. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So, well, anyway. each union's different. Lawyers. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got to say. I've had to have a lawyer before, so. <laughs> An entertainment lawyer, of all things, Oof. too. Well, there are, uh, what they would, they would say that they were a necessary evil. They would say that. Shakespeare would say to kill all of them. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that it depends was on what side you're... That was 400 years ago, too, if you think about that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Wasn't Shakespeare 400 years ago? I uh, no even idea. further, I think. I think, yeah. Okay. Uh, but, you know. <coughs> uh, yep. Uh, okay, Eric. Um, yeah, everybody deserves fair pay, Eric. Mm-hmm. Uh, actors and writers 
Yeah, you know. just just a couple of sticking points on uh, sticks, you know, like sticks, like sticks, size of writing sticks, rooms, sticks, you know, a couple other things like that. Yeah, true. All right, so uh, I I forgot where I even left off. Oh yeah, meetings about more meetings. Uh, didn't go nearly as bad after that meeting. Uh, it looks like the nervous optimism can continue. The WGA did confirm that the AMPTP did offer a counterproposal, and the WGA will blah blah. Yeah, that response next week. In addition, the union is looking to keep public public reveals of specifics. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which means that they that so they're going to take that to the next level of representatives who are going to take it to their local chapters basically oh, hopefully um and then that's where everyone is gonna get their big like okay yes no talking points yeah, and, that, and that's yeah. why it takes a little time because mm-hmm. if they just released it publicly you could get oh, yeah. uh, they're looking to keep public now. reveals yeah. of specifics adding mm-hmm. sometimes more progress can be made in negotiations when they are conducted without a blow-by-blow description of the moves on each yep. side yep. and a subsequent public dissection of the meaning of the moves when both sides do reach an tentative agreement, it's estimated, uh, based on the 1988 and 2007 strikes, to take four days for the strike to officially end. The WGA West and WGA East leadership needing to needing to approve the deal and for the members to vote to ratify it. So mm-hmm. that's where we're at right now. So hopefully their meeting to make more meetings is going to be a good meeting. Yeah, well, I mean, it sounds like they have a proposal, so that means that the meetings that they're making are going to be about, okay, here's the proposal, what do we say about it? Well, and hopefully it's like, well, uh, you know, that they'll that opens the gate for negotiating mm-hmm. it yeah. and say, mm-hmm. well, we like this part, but, and well, they actually should. talk about it. It should, instead of just a full, like, outright rejection. or Yeah, see, that's what, it'll, that's what I'm afraid is going to happen out of that, is they're just going to... Outright reject it and say, I think I think if come back if, in three weeks with something better. Meanwhile, but I, I think <laughs> that if they didn't hit any of the talking points that we all know about, like AI or mm. you know something like that, if they didn't mention any of that, I think it would be a flat out rejection without even like because then they're like yeah. you're not even listening to us, you yeah. know. Which is I, which is how so, they got into this position in the right, first but, place. But I think now that they are, now that they're scrambling, now that the big execs are like, okay, now what the heck do we put on? Like you know. Now what are we doing? We're pushing all this stuff, but you know, they're they're now starting to see the effects because this is this has gone on for a while now. Yes, it has, and it's affected a lot more things than I think that they were expecting, and it's going to affect even more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was rumored last week uh, that I read on the air about the Emmys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the seventy four seventy fifth annual Emmy Awards have officially been postponed. Instead of taking place in September, the Television Academy says the ceremony will now air on January fifteenth, twenty twenty four, marking the first time the Emmys have been delayed in nearly twenty years. Well, the Television Academy doesn't mention why the awards have been delayed. Well, they don't have to. It's kind of obvious. It's because the show would look rather empty without all of the Hollywood writers and actors who are currently on strike. The rules of the strike prevent unionized workers, writers, and actors from accepting awards for struck work and also bars them from attending events that promote it. Um, So if you're getting an award that's considered promoting the event... Oh, promoting well, the event. The... If you're going out promoting, which would be an interview with somebody talking about it, that's a promotion of that event. But if the film is, say, like uh, getting a an award, is that uh, yeah? Because because they, they do go out and promote that. That's how they drum up like who's going to win. Yeah, and then... they start promoting that actress and or movie or. Well, and, let's say that uh, you and know then, all and that story said no, no, okay, they can't do anything. But they just said to hold hold the award ceremony anyway. 
when they've already picked the winners then and so if uh no won. because actually like a lot of academies and stuff have actors yeah and producers and mm-hmm. and writers that are part of the academy yeah. that or vote for winners yeah or yeah. post yeah yeah well that'd be like voting for your own movie though wouldn't it no because you're you vote in the category there's yeah, um yeah you're voting in all the categories even ones that you are not there's a gentleman that talks about in. he he lives here locally in the area and he did a lot of uh work on trains in movies Rhonda's had him on her show, and mm-hmm. um, he actually is a voter in the academy oh. for uh, special effects. Yeah. That's where he was, you know. But he's, you know, he hasn't done movies in a while. But yeah, so that's oh. how I learned about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, the yeah. WGA said that while Hollywood producers were willing to talk about the use of AI, they are not willing to engage about the per- preservation of the writers' room. Or streaming residuals. Variety reported last month that the Television Academy began notifying vendors, producers, and others involved with the Emmy Awards that the date had been pushed back. The Emmys last faced a delay in 2001 due to the September 11th attacks for the 75th ceremony. Shows like The White Lotus, Succession, Ted Lasso, and The Last of Us have secured several nominations. The Emmys Awards are set to air on Monday, January 15, 2024, from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern Time on Fox. Oh. Hmm. So, okay. There you have it. Um, may, well, see if they hold that date. It all depends on the strikes. Yeah. If, if it is hopefully towards the end, you know, they, they might be able to do that. But if it goes on another month or two, right. they're yeah. going to probably have to delay well, it again. <laughs> again. And then speaking of other award shows, you heard that nobody wants to host the uh, Golden Globes. <laughs> <laughs> Can you blame them? I know, I know, but I thought it was funny. Like, <laughs> well, I nobody, would. Like, uh, no, I'll do it. Not even the Roku channel. <laughs> wow. Oh, that's kind of I, I thought you meant like afraid that Will Smith's going to be there and slap him. No, a, nobody, uh, nobody wants to air it. Yeah, because oh. people are going. It's a, it's, it's a ratings vacuum. Yeah, nobody watches them. Yeah, that is true. Because uh, I'd say I'd, I'd host that. I'll, I'll take a slap from Will Smith. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. The Century will soon return to the Marvel Comics fold, as you might expect from somebody of Robert Reynolds' stature. However, everything is far from good. In fact, Reynolds is still technically dead within canon and doesn't look to be involved in a new series announced by the House of Ideas on Wednesday. Instead, the publisher teased multiple characters from Jessica Jones to Misty Knight will be candidates to replace the late Reynolds as Marvel's new Golden Guardians of Good. Hmm. The news of new of a new Century Four issue miniseries comes on the heels of speculation. Steven Yin will be portraying the character in Marvel Studios Thunderbolts. He is not <laughs> really uh, physically compatible to that character. Hmm. That's all I gotta say. Hmm. I, yeah, I have to admit I'm not too terribly familiar with the Century. Uh, it looks like uh, well, I know he's, Superman. Yeah, I know he's basically Marvel. I know he's basically Except Marvel on Superman. steroids. Yeah, I know he's, but I know he has a bit more of an attitude problem than and, and Superman. Stephen Yun played, um, yeah, Glenn, yeah, in The yeah. Walking Dead. So physically, yeah, he does not. But look, he could, yeah. he could, you know, he could be working out now. Uh, steroids. <laughs> well, you said. <laughs> well, you, well, you said that uh, you know, Century is basically Superman on steroids. So put him on steroids. Maybe it's part, of, wow, maybe it's okay, part of his yeah. green suit or whatever. You know. <laughs> yeah. Well, he'll just have to wear that. Oh, well, then it would like would look weird with his little head. <laughs> you know, but anyway. like um, uh, what is it? Uh, the, uh, 
instead of Fat Umbrella guy Academy. Guy in a little coat. The umbrella, the little umbrella guy Academy. in a muscle yeah. suit. <laughs> Uh, we'll be portraying a character in Marvel Studios. Thunderbolts live-action film is currently set for release on December 20th, 2024. Uh, I would told that with a grain of thought. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all yeah. dates, please take with a grain of salt. Uh, more than 15 years after the original series shocked readers, a follow-up to Spider-Man Reign may be on the way. Hmm. You remember that one? Vaguely, yeah, everybody remembers it vaguely. Marvel has released a new promotional image teasing a return to the world of Spider-Man Reign, teasing it as the most notorious Spider-Man story ever told. Oh no, that's one more day, easily. Okay, I, I mean, uh, with Mephisto. No, to, yeah, well, yeah. When, when you yeah. when you go when you go notoriety easily. That I one. mean that and the Clone Saga, and the Clone Saga is still a distant, distant second. Yeah, it is. That 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 was notoriously bad, though the Clone Saga. Exactly. The original four <laughs> issue prestige format miniseries was published in 2006 and 2007, and centered on a future version of Spider-Man from a dystopian future in which superheroes were mostly retired, and New York City was a police state. In the story, Spider-Man comes out of retirement, guided by hallucinations of Mary Jane Watson Parker, Peter's late wife who seemingly died due to radiation poisoning related to Peter's irradiated semen. Yes. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> yeah. Just <laughs> just let that sink in. Yeah, that's a good time to go to break. <laughs> and we're going to take this little break. When we get back, more Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show, and I'll actually finish up that article. And then i got more to tell you about Thanos as well. Ooh. So Ooh. more Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show right up to this. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Um, Eric guest of uh, uh, what was the uh, comic where Doc Ock trades bodies? Uh, with uh, that would be Superior Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, mm. Superior Spider-Man. It came out in uh, 2012. It was the uh, Dying Wish storyline where a dying Octavius swapped bodies with the hero letting uh, him die. In his original body, Octavius was motivated to prove he could do a be a better Spider-Man than <laughs> Spider-Man if only he had the body, I guess. <laughs> so that uh, so Superior Spider-Man number fifteen is uh, no, that's Avenging Spider-Man. Uh, Superior Spider-Man, uh, or uh, AKA the uh, Amazing Spider-Man uh, number six ninety-eight. Okay, so. There you go, Eric. I hope that answers your question as best as possible on quick, such sudden notice. Anyway, we're leaving off with uh, um, Peter Parker's gift that kept on giving, apparently. <laughs> and uh, the series, while it certainly didn't rise to the level of acclaim it was shooting for, the story explicitly references The Dark Knight Returns. It evokes strong reactions, with some critics calling it one of the best Spider-Man stories of all time. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And others calling it one of the worst. It's uh, there's no real information yet about what fans can expect from Rain Two or whatever it's going to be called. Certainly, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns universe and other stories where the where the retired hero comes back, like Kingdom Come, have spurred spinoffs over the years. Sometimes set in their own dystopian worlds, and sometimes bringing the aging heroes 
out of their own dark worlds and into the main universe. Marvel is likely to come out with more details in the near future, given the timing of the teaser image. Don't be surprised if we're getting this in November or December with more details and solicitation text to come soon. Mm. So just a collector's alert. Speaking of collector's alert, uh, Thanos makes a return in November in a new series from Marvel. The saga will follow Thanos, Thanos as he rockets to Earth from the deep, deep, darkest depths of the cosmos to undertake his most ambitious conquest yet. As if the, getting the Infinity Stones wasn't his most ambitious. Yeah. Anyway, the only ones that can quell his passionate fury is a new Illuminati. Oh. oh. Featuring uh, Mr. Fantastic, Doctor Strange, and Iron Man have reunited <laughs> to guide the superhuman world from the shadows and joining this new incarnation are Emma Frost and Blue Marvel. This cabal, composed of the Earth's greatest minds, have wasted no time in sharing a secret that will <laughs> shatter the heavens and provoke Thanos' deadly wrath like never before. Thanos versus the Illuminati. The Mad God descends upon Earth to retrieve something he has lost. <laughs> Actually, uh, if he knew it was where, where, how do you know where it was if it was lost? But anyway, and the Illuminati must band together to stop him because they're the ones who hid it from him. Ah. So. Well, maybe Earth's just like, you know, the, 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 the couch that you know you lost something in the cushions of, but you just don't know specifically oh, which cushion. in there somewhere. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll just... I'll move North America a little bit. It's probably <laughs> under there somewhere. Hey, look, a quarter. Uh, from the comics being released uh, August 16th, at least here, I highlight the number one issues and or major story or anniversary issues that are being released because those are the ones that have the most value, interest to collectors and investors. Don't base your buying decisions solely on my opinion. It, after all, is only my opinion. To keep this list to a minimum, do not, I do not include any trade paperbacks, graphic novel collections, hardcovers or softcover volumes or reprints. If you are an independent comic book company or creator and you have something coming out, please let me know by sending me an email at popculturegaboom at gmail.com. Put upcoming comics in the subject line and include in the body of the email the publisher's name, the title of the book or books, when the book or books will be coming out, and the issue number so I could add your book or books in the future. And hold on, Eric said something. What'd you, what'd you want, Eric? <laughs> uh, you'll have to look it up. Yep. Okay. So first up, Aardvark Vanum as Cerebus in Hell presents Aardvarkian Splendor, number one. Hmm. American Mythology Productions has Bloody Parts, number one, with three cover variants. Archie Comic Publications has the longest title this week with Chilling Adventures Presents Strange Science Number One One Shot <laughs> with two cover variants. What are you counting? Only two. I was counting how many words. You, oh. know, you said it was longest, so I was just counting along. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, eight. Yeah. Eight. All right, keep eight in mind. Uh, Blood Moon Comics has Usher of the Dead Number One with two cover variants. Boom Studios has Many Deaths of Lila Star Pen and Ink Number One. Oh, there oh. we go. Nine uh, with three cover variants. Rare Flavors, number one, Tasting Menu Ashcan with two cover <laughs> variants. Ashcan. Uh, Ashcans are the little small, like, promotional um, comics that they give away sometimes okay. at Comic-Con. So for some reason, they're called an Ashcan. I don't know why. Huh. Yeah, but... Uh... Yeah, they they aren't really like considered in continuity. They're just little, just so like, you can only get them at Comic Cons. Basically, they're like promotional material, okay. but they're still considered. And some of them actually have a lot of value to them, um, depending on which ones it is. Mm. Uh, an odd one from DC Comics: Penguin Number Zero, or mm. Penguin number Zero, or Penguin Laid an Egg, depending on how you look at it. <laughs> <laughs> 
number zero. Why are they starting with number zero and not number one? I have no idea. Because it looks like an egg. Okay. That's the only thing I can get out of it. All right, you guys. Your favorite time of the time of the okay. week. Diamond <laughs> Dynamite Entertainment. All right. Here Disney Villains yeah. Hades number one Oops. with a bank busting Spencer. Uh, 19. Ooh, okay. Rob? 27. Wow. 20. Ah. Spencer was the closest. IDW Publishing has Dark Spaces, the Hollywood special number one with a wallet-busting six-cover variants. Godzilla, the War for Humanity, number one with a wallet-busting five-cover variants. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Splintered Fate, number one. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Splintered Fate. Okay. okay, Splinter for, Fate. Is that, I wonder if that's a play off of Splinter's name somehow, or if they just... Right. Probably. Yeah. Probably. I, I would hope so. It's about as clever as they can get, I guess. Yeah, with four cover variants. <laughs> Image Comics has Cole, number four of five, with a wall of busting eight cover variants. Yeah. Marvel Comics has Alpha Flight, number one of five, with a wall of busting five cover variants. Iron Man Annual, number one, with two cover variants. Uncanny Avengers, number one of five, with a bank-busting ten cover variants. What if Dark Moon Knight, number one, mm. with a wall with four cover variants? And uh, Robert over at Dreamwell Comics, if you're listening, if you can put one aside for me, I'd really appreciate it. <laughs> uh, Scout Comics has Blade in the Dark, number one, remastered edition. Orson Welles, hey, he got brought up earlier. Orson Welles, Warrior of the Worlds, number one. Warrior with, of the Worlds. Warrior of the Worlds. Warrior of the Worlds, number huh. one, with two cover variants. And last but not least, Xenoscope Entertainment has Oz Kingdom of the Lost, number one of three, with a wallet-busting five cover variants. All right, because it worked so well during the second go-round with Adult Swim's Rick and Morty, we'll leave it up to you to determine the, the appropriate level of sarcasm there. McDonald's has a new meal collection hitting on August 14th. Uh, that's tomorrow. That will tie in directly with the second season of Marvel Studios and Disney Plus's Tom Hendelson and Will Owen Wilson's and Sophie DeMartino starring Loki. Wow. Yeah. The as-featured in-meal is a collection of menu items that have been made iconic appearances throughout film, television, and music, and will, and will be available in more than 100 countries across the globe, along with a bunch of extra stuff. But what about the food? And how does it connect with the MCU series? While the meal will vary globally in general, you have a choice of 10-piece chicken McNuggets, quarter pounder with cheese, or Big Mac, you know, because uh, the whole thing with it is... Um, the uh, season two is that because of the whole Kang thing being released, mm -hmm. uh, that uh, it's uh, messing with the whole multi multiverse, and yeah. and that's why Loki. If, have you seen guys seen the trailer? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's why Loki keeps kind of phasing all weird. Oh, okay. Um, is because it, it's and it showed Sophie with like a, a record peeling part because mm -hmm. Loki is like the needle, and yeah. the multiverse is like the record. So that's mm -hmm. why he keeps getting all weird. But everything else is just kind of just getting falling apart. Yeah, mm -hmm. I can't remember. They called it something because. Uh, so I wonder if they're going to like have chicken nuggets on the quarter pounder, <laughs> just kind of symbolize the whole. They're going to have the multiverse freaking out. You know? I, I I don't know because I, I I do know that they do have Sylvie working at a McDonald's in the TV show. So I yeah, don't I'm, know I'm kind of if that's, that's more than the extent of mm -hmm. it, you know, or 
Yeah, I wonder if uh, they're going to have the Szechuan sauce, you know, bring that no, back from the, Morty, from the Rick and Morty multiverse. No, what they've done is they've turned their sweet and sour to Loki sauce ah, with yeah. a green uh, logo. Mm. Okay. Uh, while the mir- meals may vary in general, but blah, 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 with cheese or Big Mac sandwich along with medium fries and a medium soft drink, of course, and, and wait for it, the newly branded sweet and sour sauce inspired by the streaming series. But hold on to those sauce lids because, one, you can scan them with a Loki-themed AR experience on Snapchat hmm. with custom-exclusive content available weekly throughout the promotion. Loki Season 2 picks up in the aftermath of the shocking season finale when Loki finds himself in a battle for the soul of the time-variant authority. Along with Mobius, Hunter B-15, and a team of new and returning characters, Loki navigates an ex- ever-expanding and increasingly dangerous multiverse and searches Sylvie, Judge Renslayer, Ms. Minutes, and the truth of what it means to possess free will and glorious purpose. The <laughs> second season of the hit streaming series, series is set to hit screens on October 6th. So they're starting a little early with all mm-hmm. that, aren't they? Well, there's, yeah, they're starting with the as seen in movies. So, like, all these things are, like, we're seen in previous movies leading up to Loki's, like... Yeah, like... Uh, Isn't that just Ant-Man, Mania? Oh, yeah, but then... No, uh, like, like I, I can't remember. I mean, I was reading the article, another article about it. They actually went through, and, like, they were telling you, like, which meal was inspired by what film it was featured in. Oh, really? Mm. Yeah. But yeah, so but, I don't know if they're going to do that on the app. I was just looking at my app and I didn't see anything because it's not. Sometimes they do something like starting tomorrow, you know. Oh, okay. but I didn't see anything. You have so. a McDonald's app? Yes, yeah, free food. Oh, huh? <laughs> I didn't know McDonald's had an app. Sorry. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, so I guess all for everybody. Has, everybody all has an app. Yes. Okay. Have an app. All right. Fair enough. All right. So THQ Nordic held their annual Mm -hmm. showcase live stream showing off multiple games they have in the works, as there are some cool titles on the way. While a lot of what was revealed is cool, the two major standouts for the day are the fact that we're getting a new South Park title, as well as a game based on the popular Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic book, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, The Last Ronin. Mm -hmm. Uh, Here are the titles that were revealed. Titan Quest 2, which is in development. Gothic Remake, which had no release information. Thank you. Uh, South Park Snow Day, uh, which had no release information. Outcast A New Beginning had no release information. Uh, Space for Sale is in closed beta testing. Trin 5 A Clockwork Conspiracy is available for pre-order. Alone in the Dark had no release information. Last Train Home is coming to PC in 2023, so in the next couple of months. Tempest Rising is available now on Steam. Recreation Recreation <laughs> has no release information. Way of the Hunter is available now. And Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles The Last Ronin had no release information. If you want to go and find out more about the games, it's THQ Nordic. So, like... I thought that they because like they they did say that the snow the South Park Snow Day which is 3D, which my daughter thought was like 3D, but they're doing the animation style in the game 3D style. Mm-hmm. It, that's in release is going to be released in 2024. 2024, yeah, yeah just no specific date. Yet. Yeah, so so the same thing as no release information because <laughs> it could be delayed. <laughs> it could always be delayed. They have, yeah, with, they have uh, trailers out, so I don't think so. Like you know. All right, we got uh, coming up this weekend, um, we have Aericon 3, which starts this Friday, 
uh, August 18th and runs through Sunday, August 20th. And uh, you're right now to tell us everything that's going to be going on with Aricon is Mr. Spencer Stoner. Hey! All right, Spencer. So uh, starting, this is year three of Aricon. Yes, sir. So um, uh, each year it's gone up by a day. So the first mm-hmm. one, of course, was one day last year. Oh, no, year. actually the first one was three days. It was? Yeah. Mm. I only remember it as being one day. Well, uh, they, a lot of the days got cut short because that was when all the really bad smoke was happening. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so basically, it, it ended up being like two days, you know, split over three. <laughs> okay. Um, the second one was three days, too? Uh, no, the second one was only two days. Okay. So that's where I got confused. But this one is definitely three days. This one is definitely three Friday, days. Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Yes. Uh, so when does the festivities start on Friday? Well, on Friday, you know, since it is since school is now in session, we are going to be opening a little bit later than, than we have in the past. We're going to be opening to the public at noon. At noon until? Until 6 p.m. So noon to 6, um, and... Uh, I know that the venue changed at some point, so we're, it's going to be at the Oddfellows building. Uh, the Oddfellows now? building at thirteen hundred Stardust Street. It's really easy to find. I mean, you just get off the Keystone exit of I eighty, just uh, just head north, you know, and uh, make a left, make another left, and you're there. Okay, so left, left, right, left. <laughs> yeah, yeah, almost as complicated as the Lost Forest in the original Legend of Zelda, but not quite. Okay, um, and uh, so when uh, someone shows up, it's a free admission to everybody who attends. Mm, absolutely, um, and from noon to six p.m. on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, what about Saturday? Well, Saturday we open at ten a.m. and go till six p.m. again. Okay, and Sunday? And Sunday, 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 we go from ten a.m. to five p.m. Ten to five. All right. Um, and so opening day, who uh, do you have any special guests lined up? Well, we have uh, the WWCW, the Wild West Championship Wrestling, coming in. They are going to be doing some uh, exhibition matches for us. Uh, we have the... Uh, oh, only expedition, exhibition matches? Or yes, yes, be because for... the, the cards are subject to change because we, oh, because we don't really have any specific cards right now. We just know that wrestlers are going to show up and... Do we know when? And wreck or... some shop. Do they have a booth? Uh, I don't know yet, but we we are pr- going to be printing the program soon, so I'm hoping that we'll have the have it in the schedule in the program soon. Uh, gotcha. If they have a booth, uh, no, oh no, they'll they'll have a booth okay. and, a, and a ring and everything. You know, gotta have a, gotta have an exhibition match somewhere. Mm-hmm. Well, I just didn't know if they're just gonna if they're just gonna just show up, do a match, and leave, or if they're gonna actually be there for oh, they're, to they're, interact with and talk to. Oh yeah, or, they'll be. Know, they, they, they were last year, so I don't see why they wouldn't this year. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, with that music coming up, though, that means it is time for us to take a break, and it is the top of the hour. So, uh, thank you for listening up to this point. We got two more hours to go. So, but we'll be talking more Ericon when we get back. So don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Boom Radio Show right after this. That ended a little abruptly, didn't it? <laughs> a little bit sooner than it was supposed to. <laughs> this is the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. Our Spencer Stoner, Rob Nalt, and I am Jimmy Jones. Um, Good news. Interesting news. Um, so if you're a film director. Okay. All right. And you, you're kind of Dustin Ferguson. Okay. Right. okay. Let's just not beat around a bush. It's a bush. It's Dustin Ferguson. So um, what would you say would be a, a kind of like one of the highlight moments of your filmmaking career? Um, an award of some kind or. He's gotten those. 
um, like a major premiere, like. They just announced that uh, in an all-new exclusive 15-second teaser trailer for Spider-Baby, his upcoming remake Mm -hmm. movie, is going to play in Times Square. Oh, wow. Nice. Details soon. So congratulations, Mr. Ferguson. So long-time person who's been on the show numerous times. So we're talking with Mr. Spencer Stoner about Ericon 3 and everything. Uh, So the Wild West Championship Wrestling wrestlers will be there um, doing an Expedition Match or 3. Yes, sir. Um, Is that Mm -hmm. just for Friday or is that Saturday? Is that Uh, Sunday? uh, It'll happen over over at least two days. You just don't know which two days? No, we're still going to, we're still scheduling it, but we will have schedules. We will have schedules in the programs, and I will be posting it online and all that fun. Okay, stuff. okay. That was Are they aware question. of their schedule? <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're just we're okay. just ironing out because you know we also have uh, you know uh, Joe Briery is going to be doing a panel on web comics. We didn't get that far yet. <laughs> yeah, no, well, yeah, no, just because we have other things, we have to or, we have to organize who's doing what when. Uh, okay. Um, so uh, also, so what's next? Uh, so you got the Wild West Championship wrestle, wrestlers will be there, mm-hmm. and then we have uh, Cobalt Keep. They are Cobalt Keep. Cobalt Keep. Yep. Yeah. They are going to uh, have uh, like last year. They're going to have a uh, a take and paint speed painting miniature competition. Okay. And they're probably and they're going to run some games, some tabletop games of the, of their choice. And again, we're gonna have the we have to get those scheduled and organized of their choice. Okay, mm-hmm. um, so Cole, are they gonna have a booth as well? Yes, sir. All right, so they'll be uh, having so they're a vendor. In other words, yeah, they're are vendor. they gonna be running these games at their booth, or are they gonna be at a different location? Uh, they're they're gonna be next to the gaming the gaming area. Gotcha. Okay, um, and so there's two. Whom else is going to be there? Well, uh, let's see. We also have uh, the. Uh, Empire of Chivalry and Steel, uh, some uh, medieval LARPers. Are they, are, and so they're going to have a booth. Are they going to be doing any demonstrations? Indeed. Yeah, some okay. medi- medieval combat. and uh, Is that audience participation? Actually, <laughs> it was last year. So I, I, uh, they, they actually teach, taught, taught some really cool stuff last year. So I presume they'd be a continuation of that. So I could walk up, grab a sword, and start swinging it? Well, I, I don't think you can just walk up and grab it. You can go, hey, hey, uh, are you going to... Can you can I can you show me how, show me some stuff? And, I'll yell. There can be only one, and just start going, <laughs> <laughs> just start going at it, you know. But yeah. <laughs> and then we also have a, <laughs> we also have ninety seven and now productions are going to be there, and they'll uh, have a booth. They will definitely have a booth. They're probably going to have the biggest booth at the at the convention this year. Okay. Uh, they're uh, then uh, we're, they're going to have uh, a lot of members of the cast of uh, Murphy's Inc. Uh, come and visit. And so, so fans can talk to them and hear them speak in their characters' voices, or you know, get autographs, whatever they want to do with that. Yeah, autographs, and because uh, you know what, coming up uh, two weeks is going to be the premiere of, uh, of, of episode, season two of, of season Murphy's two. Inc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and then they're also going to be showing off some other upcoming uh, projects, including uh, I believe they have a comic book coming up uh, from ninety seven to now productions, cool. and uh, you know, of course, other radio dramas as well. And a bunch of other fun stuff to show there. Uh, Coffee and Comics are also going to be there. Yay. Yeah, and... Uh, now, will Olivia be serving coffee? You know, I don't know what they're going to do. They better be. <laughs> like, Come on. <laughs> that would be the whole reason to have Coffee and Comics there is to get some, like, coffee. Right, right. right. That, would, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, I'd be, I'd be good. I'd be there. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, you know, all this is, is to, uh, to benefit... Uh, 
the, the, a charity called Solace Tree. Uh, but in addition to Solace Tree, we have another uh, we have another um, organization that's going to be there that uh, that we wanted to bring some attention to called Forever Fourteen. It is a uh, organization that uh, is trying to bring uh, attention to teenage suicide and trying to and, and they have programs that kind of help help uh, increase awareness and to help and to try and help prevent teenage suicides. Okay. That, that's a big a, a big charity of our of uh, the Fraternal Order of Eagles state president. So they wanted to help they wanted to help get the word out on them as well, so Okay. So a lot of a lot of fun stuff. Uh, not not fun there, but that's that really <laughs> good stuff there. And then um, and then you know just talking about vendors, we have some really really great ones. I mean, some great local artists. Okay. Uh, we have uh, a gentleman by the name of Ben Newman. He actually carves Harry style Harry Potter style wands, and he's going to be selling them there. Um, you have Color Storm, the Color Storm Workshop does some really great art. Um, Got uh, people who uh, make paper, uh, paper flowers. Uh, in fact, uh, the people who made uh, the bouquet for my wife for her wedding, out of uh, pages from uh, from uh, from a couple of my books, they actually made full on flowers and everything, a full bouquet out of out of one of my books for my wife to carry down hmm. the aisle at our wedding. Okay, cool. yeah. so you got some really cool stuff there. You got uh, T Rose Jewelry and Gifts. Uh, you have you have this kind of a, kind of a jerk named author spencer stoner is going to be there you know you, you can kind of ignore him i guess but you trying know. to no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> yeah but uh and then yeah just a lot of great artists writers uh, other writers are going to be there as well so that doesn't really help with telling people who's going to be there spencer well yeah, yeah i know <laughs> like uh nj hansen um Bijili thrift is going to be there so they're who knows what they're going to have and then we uh have uh another vendor is um handmade by droids okay <laughs> they're, they're gonna be there uh i mean it's just uh, um a lot of fun people and a lot of a lot of cool stuff. I mean, there's there, you're, we have droids droids to see, comic books to check out, voice actors to meet, wrestlers to not get body slammed by. I mean, it it, it runs a, a wide gamut of people. Well, the best way to not get body slammed is running over to that other table and grabbing a sword. <laughs> <laughs> That'll keep it from getting body slammed. Yeah, or or at least getting their names right. So, is there going to be a cosplay contest? Yes, there is. Thank you for my, thank you for reminding me about that. Yes, reminding uh, you. Yeah. Well, yeah, sorry, uh, but because cosplay for kindness is going to be there, and they're going okay. to be the ones judging. Okay, you know, I, I, I'm not involved in that. This is purely the the creativity of cosplay for kindness. They are going to be, uh, they are going to be judging the cosplay contest over the weekend. We're gonna. Uh, uh, I have kind of a, the, the surprise of the grand pri- for the grand prize. So. You had the surprise for the grand prize? I had the surprise for the grand prize. So uh, the, the, it will be announced at the con what the grand prize will be. Because the cons around here have been upping their games on the grand prizes for for, for cosplay contests. Yeah, what lately. was uh, Silver Age uh, Comic Con? What was theirs? It like, was like what, $300? Three, yeah, 300 bucks and a so. trophy that's shaped like Nevada. Yeah, <laughs> so there you are. So, yeah, you got you to gotta kind of match that, huh? Oh, I don't know if I can, but I'll do I'll do my darndest. <laughs> All right. Anything else? So when is the uh, cosplay contest going to occur, and how does uh, how is that going to work? I mean, do they well, pre-register uh, uh, the first well, day? Everybody or? everybody can register over the weekend, and we can take pictures and everything. Um, th- there will be 
uh, prizes for those in attendance, and then for people who can't, there there will be different prizes for anybody who's not there versus people who are there. Okay, so when is the actual cosplay contest? Going the, to the grand course? finale, of course, will be on the last day, and the uh, it'll be before, well before closing at five, but it'll be in that afternoon. So it'll be a Sunday afternoon ish. Yes, will be the grand finale, but you can enter in all three days as you go along. Okay, so kind of to up your chances of winning since you mm-hmm. don't have to worry about paying to get in each day you can mm-hmm. technically go each day as a different character yeah would theory. that up your yeah. chances of winning it or well that's up to okay. cosplay for kindness like i said i'm just i'm just i'm, I'm there just to enjoy the show <laughs> <laughs> i thought you were putting it together what do you mean yeah you once, once it's put together i'm kind of just there kind of going so, ah, so everybody have fun. So you did uh, say that uh, there was going to be some panels. Um, you said Joe Briery mm-hmm. was going to be doing one, uh, mm-hmm. the uh, creator of Dilly. Um, what uh, panel is he going to be doing? Uh, he's going to be doing one on on uh, creating uh, web comics and you know, kind of telling his story about how he got got into it. And get some tight. And um, you know, uh, challenges he had to overcome and. And it's kind of his creative process. Okay. Any other panels going on? Uh, nothing specifically scheduled yet, but there will be. Okay. <laughs> Again, just having getting all this organized is the fun bit. Okay. So, um, so any idea when or how somebody could look up uh, prior to showing up on well on, on uh, the events page on on, on Facebook? Uh, you, we, we'll, we'll, we will post everything there. We, oh, uh, like uh, another guest we're going to have is like Liam Price, the uh, infamous the rebel. Infamous rebel. Yeah. So uh, you know, we, we announced him going to be there. I haven't really done much in the way of announcements because I got COVID and couldn't even look at a computer screen funny for a while, but. Um, but um going to announce all, all the different uh, panels and everything as we get them scheduled on the event page on Facebook and also at uh, at SJCloudXIII on Instagram. Wow. <laughs> Say that one more time. SJCloudXIII. So SJCloud13. On The Instagram? Roman numerals for 13, yes. Okay. So there's your way if you need if you want to find out all the information before going down there. But it is again on Friday, starting Friday, August eighteenth, mm-hmm. running through Sunday, August twentieth, at the Oddfellows Building in Reno, Nevada. The address again was fifteen hundred thirteen hundred Stardust Street. I almost sent them two blocks too far <laughs> to head to thirteen hundred Stardust Way. Stardust Street. Street in Reno, Nevada. Um, I'll be there. I'll be out because. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That, that, that is one of our other guests. Yes, yeah, we are thanks. going to have uh, yeah, Pop Culture Kaboom there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be at the 97 and Now booth, actually, yeah. because yeah. Uh, since they're the ones who are uh, producing the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, I'll be there to represent. 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 Cool. Yeah. So, and yes, you can get pictures with me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you want to get pictures with me, but anyway. Oh, I don't see why not. I mean, you are kind of, you know, you're the local dude, the man in the, the chair. The local dude? Okay. And the dude, yeah, somebody actually said that. I couldn't believe that when I was cosplaying at Coffee and Comics. Uh, the, the dude, actually, a couple of people said that. Well, yeah, it's just because were you wearing yeah. a bathrobe? No, okay, no, the, the, I no, wasn't. He, no, he was dressed up as a ladybug from uh, Bullet Train. And most people, yeah, the, 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 let's see, those were two people who did not get it, yeah, you know, who, who called him basically Lebowski, yeah, what the heck? <laughs> but that was I don't a, get it. He was wearing right? a flannel shirt. I did not have a beard. And you didn't have a bathrobe. That's like and I was wearing a hat. 
Yeah. Mm. So I did not ever see that movie. Did he ever wear a hat? Not in that, that movie? I can recall. Not that I can recall. Okay. No, no, no his, did he have a flannel. No, his <laughs> his iconic look was the robe, shorts, and jelly sandals. Jelly sandals. Oh, uh, I don't even know what jelly sandals are. They're sandals made of jelly. They're old not, like grape 80s. or strawberry. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> old eighties. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, and they came out of Jeff Bridges. Actual closet. Yeah, that I would not be surprised <laughs> about, quite honestly. All right, so with that all being said about Aericon, here are the cons and events I was able to find going on worldwide the week of August 14th through the 20th. I cannot stress enough that if you do not go to these events, they will stop happening or will not return to your area. So if you're thinking, I'll go next week, next month, next year, they might not happen near you ever again, period. If one or more of these are near you, go check them out. And if you are not, if they are not, check your local game, hobby, and comic book shop. I hear that, Edgar, in Argentina. (laughs) (laughs) For great events going on in your area. If you have or know of a pop culture event coming up in your area, Edgar, in Argentina, uh, I can please uh, contact me at popculturekaboom at gmail.com. Put upcoming event in the subject line and in the body of the email. Include the name of the event, the date or dates it will be taking place, and where it will be taking place so I can add it to my upcoming lists. First up is from August 17th through the 20th is Always and Forever Con at the Old Town. And they put old, O-L-D-E, so it's like that. Old Town. The olden days. <laughs> Coniers and Coniers, Georgia. And I'm going to have to turn my computer over to you now, uh, Spencer, for the next one. Uh, Blue, Gold, uh, Blue Goat Convention, August 17th through the 20th uh, at Technische Universität Illuminau Bike Club in Illuminau, Germany. Did you say, oh, bike club? I thought you said fight club. <laughs> hey, we don't talk about that. <laughs> As I was about to say. Uh, August 17th through the 24th is a Campfire Tales 2023 at the Deschutes National Forest in Ogden Group Camp Lapine, Oregon. August 18th through the 19th is the AGE Con 2023 at The Rob in Salt Lake City, <laughs> in, in Lake City, South Carolina. August 18th through the 20th is Ericon 3 at the Old Fellows Building in Reno, Nevada. August 18th through the 20th is Emmycon 2023 at the Warwick Arts Center in Coventry, UK. August 18th through the 20th is Anime Magic 2023 at the Donald E. Stevens Convention Center in Rosemont, Illinois. August 18th through the 20th is Anime Town, Louisiana 2023 at the Lamar Dixon Expo Center in Gonzales, Louisiana. You know, I, a funny thing I noticed about doing these cons every week, mm-hmm. I discovered towns that I never even knew existed right? in the United States mm-hmm. or actually around the world. For example, really cool, I think. August 18th through the 20th is Anarivo Summer 2023 at the Vancouver Convention Center in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. August 18th through the 20th is Colossal Con, Texas 2023 at the Kalahari Resorts, Texas in Round Rock, Texas. August 18th through the 20th is Denver 2023. If you are. If you are. At the Sheraton Denver Downtown Hotel in Denver, Colorado. August 18th through the 20th is Geek Con 2023 at the Shreveport Convention Center in Shreveport, Louisiana. August 18th through the 20th is Horror Hound Weekend at Indianapolis 2023 at the Indianapolis Convention Center in Indianapolis, Indiana. August 18th through the 20th is the Maryland Pop and Horror Con 2023 at the Doubletree by Hilton Hotel, Baltimore, North Pixville, Pixville, Maryland. 
God, was a lot of words. August 18th through the 20th is Natsuka, Natsuka Shi 20 Con 2023. Natsuka Shi. Natsuka Shi. Hey. <laughs> you could have just said, yeah. Hi. Um, uh, at the uh, Eisenhower Hotel and Convention <laughs> Center. Gettysburg, Pennsylvania. I was staring right at it. I was like, oh, okay, it is now 7.20, which means we've got to take a break. When we get back, it's going to be movie time with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. we still got a big interview with Mr. Michael K. Falciani later in the show. So don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Gaboom Radio Show coming up. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And each week, the film powers that be release dozens of movies, some of which you will never hear about except here. Each week's upcoming releases are carefully picked over as we turn into Transformers. There we go. Transformers. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, carefully picked over from Rotten Tomatoes and up to five films are selected from genres that I would watch. Those genres are action, adventure, horror, science fiction, anime, or fantasy, and that is pretty much it. With that in mind, we sit through some of the most hideous trailers ever made, and we'll read you the synopsis of each film, then give you our not-so-humble opinions. Bear in mind, we are not professional movie critics. We're just overly opinionated blowhards. But Mr. Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's Horrible Reviews is professional not an overly opinionated <laughs> I just wanted to clarify. You can catch all of Tony Sanfilippo's reviews of concerts, television shows, and movies at Filippo's Horrible Reviews. And how are you, Saw? I am doing good, Jimmy. How are you guys this evening? I'm good. My Jaguars won their first preseason game. Hoot, hoot. <laughs> Ooh, hoo. Hey, that's good. You guys are going to be good this season. They I, better I be. Feeling, <laughs> uh, well, I bet, I bet they will, man. You got Calvin Ridley, uh, who is coming off of your suspension for you. Um, on top of that talent that uh, you already had uh, going in, I think it's uh, a lot of optimism there, bro. Yeah. I think it's good. And they beat Dallas, so even better. <laughs> that's always good. Always good. Yeah. Even in preseason, that's a bonus right there. Yeah, beating so. the Cowboys is never oh. a bad thing. Uh, unfortunately, your uh, Broncos didn't fare too well. No, you know, that was uh, – they looked okay in spots, but definitely they got some cleaning uh, cleaning up to do for sure. I, I got to tell you that the backup looked a lot better than Phillips or uh, Wilson. That's all I got to say. Oh, yeah. Wilson was sloppy. He really did, you know, and that's going to be the thing. I look at it this way. If we have a good season with Russ, great. But if he's, if he's bad, you know, we this team's got Walmart money. They'll just get rid of him. It's fine. You know what I noticed that part of the problem was? That was probably part of the problem last year, that O-line. Huge, yeah. It was definitely huge. And it also didn't help the uh, coach didn't know anything. He was too much of a fanboy. (laughs) More of a fan than a coach. So, you know. Yeah. We'll see whose fault it was week five. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll find out. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So here on the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show, we utilize the carefully crafted and patented Pop Culture Kaboom movie rating system. And it goes as follows. If it is worth seeing in a theater at full price, it is a good, not a great movie. That is to be determined by you. If you choose to see it in a theater, if it seems worth seeing in a theater as a matinee or in your town's cheap theater, it is a so-so. If it seems worth seeing on a streaming service or as a rental or however 
you choose to watch the film while avoiding social interaction. It is a blah. And if it is deemed so awful, you should wait for it to be on public television. It is considered a touch brown because the FCC regulations say we can't use profanity. So with that being said, we got five movies for you. The big 400-pound gorilla in the room this week is The Blue Beetle. But as we move closer to that one, let's start off with, I'm going to throw the dart at the proverbial dart board here. Uh, Birth backslash rebirth is the name of the movie. And here's the synopsis. Rose is a pathologist who prefers working with corpses over social interaction. Me too, Rose. Me too. Oh, wait. <laughs> I'm not a pathologist, so what am I trying to say? Uh, she also has an obsession, the reanimation of the dead. Celie is a maternity nurse who has built her life around her buoyancy, bouncy, bouncy chatterbox six-year-old daughter, Lila, when one tragic night Lila suddenly falls ill and dies, you know, all in one night. Uh, the two women's worlds crash into each other. They embark on a dark path of no return where they will be forced to confront how far they are willing to go to protect what they hold most dear. Actually, uh, you know, uh, one, what was that? Uh, um, they embark on a dark path of no return. That's because uh, somebody doesn't know how to load a dead body into a trunk ride. Right. <laughs> you don't do it in broad daylight in the middle of a parking garage. That's all I got to say. And awkwardly. Yes. I mean, yeah. come on. <laughs> it's a movie. There's nothing smooth, man. <laughs> come on. Hefty bags. Hefty bags. Yeah. Not a, not a body bag, which is... Uh, but anyway, uh, welcome to the creepy part of where morality meets mortality. And as I think about it, the only thing that separates those two words is a single T. Ooh, Ooh deep. I know, right? Ooh. <laughs> right in the middle. Anyway, anyway, a story Mary Shelley would be proud of is one of the lines that flashes across this bizarre Frankenstein-styled <laughs> movie. But it does look interesting enough to watch, but not interesting enough to watch in a theater. I'm going to give it a blah. <laughs> Tony, what say you? Well, Mom tries to keep daughter alive and somehow brings her back. The trailer doesn't show much. Doesn't show much. It does look twisted and creepy in parts. You know, it's not something I would personally watch, but horror fans should definitely check this out as it will be on Shutter. So the highest you can probably get it is a blah. Um, but since I'm not going to be seeing it, I got to give it a touch brown because I won't. I won't ever watch it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rob, what say you? Horror uh, aficionado. This one actually looks pretty decent. Um, you know, it has its flaws like every movie, you know, like we were talking about with the body bag stuffing. But I think that was for the effect of the, so that the mom could actually see and then confront her. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's like, what are uh, the odds? You know, I'm yeah. driving by as she's stuffing that, my daughter's I mean, body you know, in the like, trunk. You know, yeah, premeditation, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, no, it actually looks like interesting, especially like the pig running around. Oh no, that one's two two months old after being dead. You know, like, that one died two months ago. I brought and then it of back. course, you know, it has that whole pet cemetery like feel where you know are they back and are they evil? You know, so because the little girl kind of looked evil when she came back. So. Yeah, she was kind of crawling she around did. on all fours. Yeah. She definitely looked evil. Yeah. So you know, floor, I was all, yeah. if I still had my <laughs> shutter, I'd probably be watching it when it came out. But um, so, but I'd say blah. Okay. Spencer, what say you? Well, uh, I really love the, the Mary Shelley Frankenstein. You know, I actually really enjoyed the original book, but I am kind of wondering, you know, everything that comes back to life is evil in every piece of fiction, apparently. Every Everything. I mean... <laughs> That's because you come back without a soul. Yeah, more than likely. <laughs> I mean... 
<laughs> I mean, more than likely. I mean, the, the, <laughs> I think it's more than that five minutes yeah. that you know they bring you back from on like the yeah. operating table or whatever. You know, yes. <laughs> but wouldn't it be a twist? You know, somebody going, "Oh wow, I'm actually a better person than when I died." <laughs> that would be an interesting quiz, but a that boring would, movie. Yes, yes, it would. It probably wouldn't be a horror movie then. <laughs> well, you know, I you died, know. came back, and gave to charity. Right. <laughs> yeah, but uh, the the the, uh, the lead actresses looked like they were actually handling the parts pretty well. You know, the the one lady looked like she had the obsessive part down. You know, walking around talking about scientific stuff with blood coming out of her nose, and the, and and the other mom just kind of going, oh. You are not messing with my daughter. Yeah, so uh, the, the actresses look like it could be good, um, but uh, I would not. This this does not have like a, a great adventure vibe to it that I would take a group of people to go see it in a movie theater. An adventure vibe? It's a horror movie. Well, 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 you know, like, <laughs> like adventure. No, vibe. no, like like uh, Evil Dead Rise. I would take a group of us to go see that. Really? Okay. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Like, you know, you know, you know something that, that kind of a vibe to it, where it'd be just like, "Oh, don't you go in there! Don't you, you better turn on that light!" You know, you know, stuff like that, where you can just yell at the screen. This does not have that vibe to me. So, but it would like you, like if you wanted to have like a creepy night in, I would say that this would be a good movie for that. So, blah. Okay. Every movie to me in a theater, you you yell at the screen. But anyway, <laughs> no, no. Tony, what is next? Oh, let's go with the landscape with invisible hands. Yes. Years in a benevolent alien occupation of Earth, the human race is still adjusting to the new world order, the NWO. <laughs> it's quirky coffee table-sized overloads called the the VUV. The V-U-V-V. VUV? Love? Love, yeah. Their flashy advanced technology initially held promise for global prosperity, but rendered most human jobs and steady income obsolete. When 17-year-old artist Adam Campbell and his new girlfriend, Chloe Marsh, they discovered the VUV, or partic- particularly, I, I'm having a hard time with words today, fascinated with human love and will pay for access to it. They decide to live stream their budding romance to make extra cash for themselves and their families. Life is good for a while. Until the flame of, the te- of their teenage love fizzles out and they're forced to make very different Absurdly life-altering sacrifices for their families. Huh? Okay, well, the synopsis is a little more than the movie, I guess. All I saw is two kids find a weird alien who says they're in debt, so these lovebirds must prevent going into debt or something along those lines. I gotta be honest, this movie looks lame. Looks like a spinoff of a no-fun Men in Black movie. I mean, that alien looks straight out like one of the guys from the from the office there in uh, Men in Black. Um, it also doesn't seem so much like a comedy, more like a drama. Yeah. Um, I like a rom-com drama, kind of. It looked weird. Yeah. I have no interest rom-com. in it, so I gotta touch brown it. Yeah, rom-com drama. No, touch brown. Okay. Yeah, that was the longest synopsis ever, and and just as boring as the movie because, well, it's definitely a coming of age movie, but with a twist. And I don't understand how our our entire civilization would or could be so easily manipulated into submission. But a movie has to movie, I guess. Regardless, I don't like romances, even ones with a veneer of science fiction coated over it to help the heels go down. Yes, I did just make a Sound of Music reference. So unless I see or hear anything other than what's presented in the trailer, it's a touch brown. Spencer, what say you? 
well, you know, this seemed like an interesting little story once they included the, uh, you know, streaming their romance thing for the aliens. But the thing is, there's no such thing as a benevolent occupation. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, so, you know, the, the that question, was obviously written by the conquerors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, one of the twists, I'm sure, is going to be what the aliens really want. And but the problem is, you know, once the once their romance fizzled out and then they had the alien going, you know, you owe us for six generations now. You know, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it's like it's like it became like a bad sequel to that movie Home, the animated DreamWorks movie Home. Never saw it. Yeah. And yeah, I know what you're talking about. Man. Yeah. So you have you have this little crawling alien that looks like that looks like the alien from Home. It's not funny. Like the because it's a. Uh, Jim Parsons is the voice mm-hmm. in the in the in the animated yes. one, in the animated movie. So, you know, you have an unfunny alien, and and they have to learn about love. I mean, how much more cliche can you get? But uh, for, for, for for me, it went from being kind of blah from, from blah. To, uh, it, it dropped a touch brown once they once they had the alien starting to live with them. Okay, Rob, what say you? <laughs> Oh well, gosh! You guys like just hated this one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I wanted to like it. It was definitely different. Um, you know, the the whole point of the fact that was that they were streaming their love, and they weren't in love, and so they were lying. So that's why they have to repay. So basically, like the aliens were like, "Hey, guys! Like uh, you just lied to everybody, and we want our money back. Like <laughs> just like any consumer." So they became lawyers. <laughs> And so now, yeah, and so the AMPTP. Unfortunately, they must have earned a lot of money that, like, it's going to affect six generations of their family. So, yeah. like, <laughs> or either that or the dollar value it was is very really lucrative. Um, you know, it, I thought it was kind of like it had its, its little quirky moment when they, it looks like they were at the prom and there was another girl doing exactly the same thing and they were all mad at each other because they were like, oh, you're doing this, you can't mm-hmm. own this, you know, like, <laughs> kind of like a little bring it on moment. But I don't know, it seemed quirky. If it was on TV, I'd probably end up watching it. So I'm going to say a blah. Okay. A blah for Rob. Boy, you're feeling optimistic. You're the only one who's gotten two blahs. <laughs> All right. Up next, Dark Windows. A group of teenagers take a trip to an isolated summer house in the countryside, which starts as a peaceful getaway turns into a horrific nightmare when a masked man begins to terrorize them in the most gruesome ways. Okay, what does that mean? He's like flashing them. I don't get it. What's <laughs> it's, yeah. Anyway, it's called Dark Window. So yeah, he's just you know through so, the window. Yeah, through you know helicopters. Something anyway. Uh, break out your favorite adult beverage. It's time for this week's installment of the Jump Scare Drinking Game. Not sure what's going on here. A girl died. They attend the funeral. Then someone is stalking them and trying to kill them. Can't tell if this is a ripoff of I Know What You Did Last Summer, The Strangers, or both. What I do know is there isn't enough context in a trailer for me to care enough to see this. So I'm giving it a touch brown. Tony, what say you? A friend dies, so the others head on a vacation, and they're staying in a home being terrorized by ghost-faced Michelle Myers. Looks like it's in the vein of Scream, just a very low-quality version with really cheesy hints of Halloween. No thanks. Touch brown. Okay. <laughs> Rob, what say you? Uh, yes. Well, um you guys have already pointed out, you know, that it's a group of people in a teenager movie. Um, <laughs> um, but it did, it actually, you know, it looks like it actually might interest, be interesting. It was from the writers of Your Next. I do like that movie. 
Um, and it has kind of like some of the same veins, the way they're terrorizing. It's the guys from what I can tell is he's not straight out killing them. He's kind of torturing them. So, uh, cause there's a bunch of scenes where like one of them was tied up. The other one was like bloody. And then the one kept get, like getting captured like a couple times. It looked like, so I don't know. Um, like I said, if it was on TV, I'd probably end up watching it. So blah. Okay. Well, triple blah. I know. Uh, he's he's, he's, he's kind of flatlined in the middle. <laughs> um, you know, all I can say is that... It wasn't exciting enough for me to even go see it at matinee. There but... was two specific scenes in that movie where somebody was being grabbed on by the ankles and yes. dragged backwards. Mm-hmm. Why didn't the person who was on the other side there... I wouldn't grab somebody's hands. I would straight up just punt kick whoever was grabbing their ankles <laughs> right in the face. I mean, come on. I'd be kicking field goals off right. there with their noggin. Yeah. But anyway, Spencer, what say you? Well, with this one, I wanted to like it. I mean, but, uh, you know, there's one uh, there's one horror trope that really just, I'm just so tired of. I have a creepy child, so I'm going to do, do things that sound innocent, but, but now I'm so creepy because now it's hide and seek, hide and seek. I am so tired of that. You know, it's, this, is, this is done by the people who wrote Your Next. I think I'll just go watch Your Next. <laughs> so, Touch Brown. Touch Brown. Okay, and you know what? I, I just want somebody one time to use that. Remember that thing where you pulled the cord and it was a spin a wheel? That, uh-huh. that cow says moo. I wanted them to do that for a horror movie. <laughs> I really do. But anyway. Cow that, says, <laughs> cow says die. Um, all right, on that note, we have to take a break. When we get back, we'll be finishing up movies with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo, so don't go anywhere. There's still two left, including... Blue Beetle, the 400-pound gorilla in the room this week, so don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. And we are going over the movies for this week. And so far, we've covered Birth, Bachelor's Rebirth, and I, Spencer, and Rob all gave it a blah. Tony gave it a touch brown, and Landscape with Invisible Hand, or Hands, I can't remember, hold on a second. Hands, plural, which is kind of funny because the aliens didn't have hands, they had flippers. Right, but anyway, I was going to mention that, yeah. <laughs> landscape with Invisible Hands. Uh, Rob gave it a blah. Everybody else gave it a touch brown. Dark Windows. Rob gave it a blah. Everybody else gave it a touch brown. Which brings us to the next movie, Tony. The Moon. (laughs) The Moon is M. Speaking still. Seven years after Korea's first fully manned mission to the moon ends in disaster. A second human space. Flight is launched successfully until a strong solar wind causes the spacecraft to malfunction. With an astronaut left stranded in space and quickly running out of oxygen, the narrow space center turns to its former managing director to avert yet another fatal catastrophe. Well, don't think anyone needs to see the movie because the synopsis just told me soldier it happened. <laughs> so a Korean guy goes to the moon. He's stuck. He deals with all the adversity. And he doesn't expect to make it. But you know what? The kind of movie where I bet he does. He's probably like the Harry Stamper, a.k.a. Bruce Willis of his generation. (laughs) But, you know, basically like a lot. It's like a Korean castaway just in space. Right. Predictable. 
it's a subtitled ride for fun. So if you're into that stuff, awesome. But I'm going to go for four for four touch brand. Wow. <laughs> okay. Oh, I'm flatlining this week. Fellas. Yeah, you are. All right. Yeah, you have one continuous skid mark going, <laughs> sir. It is. It is a skid around. So after the first mission was a disaster, they have a second one. Sounds like someone at the Korean Space Agency said, hold my beer. So this is what a Korean version of the Martian looks like, except don't expect any terraforming. The visuals look really good, but I don't know if I can watch another space disaster movie. He knew the risks. So did they. I can't seem to feel the tension or the drama. Touch Brown. Whose turn is it? Spencer. <laughs> you know, I didn't read the synopsis before I watched the trailer. <laughs> I didn't realize there was a, mis- a first mission. <laughs> Neither did I. Kind of takes the wind right out of it. It's like, well, you screwed up once already. Come on. Yeah, and basically it looks like it's just a Korean version of, uh, you know, Castaway in Space. I just have to wonder Isn't if... that pigs in space? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I, I'm, I'm just wondering what... Thank you, Muppet Show. What will be the uh, equivalent of Wilson in, in this is, I'm, is what I'm wondering. His helmet. Hmm. Yeah. Don't, didn't you see it floating around in a spaceship? So <laughs> Yeah, but... Uh, you know, it does look like it's going to be fun. You know, plenty of, you know, action sequences like with the meteor shower and all that. So if you're going in into it, you know, just looking for a brainless fun, again, you know, go in, watch stuff blow up and leave. I think that, that this will fit pretty perfectly. So uh, I am going to give it, let's see, it's coming out in theaters, right? Yes, I think so. All right. So as far as I know, you know, so, so since I like adventures and stuff and, you know, it doesn't really get much love. I, I will give the so-so. Oh, okay. You know, you know because so-so doesn't get enough love in our little rating system. <laughs> All right, Rob, what say you? Um, yeah, actually, it, it actually the effects look pretty decent. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, the effects look pretty decent there. Um, it's kind of not all in um, Korean. It looks like there was some American um, going on. Um, so not all of it was dubbed. So if that's like a big thing. With you, you know, you might not need to avoid it because it's not all dubbed. But um, it actually seemed like it, like their take on like what could go wrong. And I like Korean movies. <laughs> I like Korean TV shows. So for me, it's probably going to be a, at least a, a good. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, it just it looks like a your typical popcorn flick, especially I think if you go into it as knowing like, hey, I don't really expect much out of this, but action and to enjoy my popcorn on a big screen. So wow. exactly, yeah. a, a good wasn't something that I definitely wasn't expecting. That's right. <laughs> and uh, Tony, I don't know if you're a, a, a connoisseur of many Korean films, but generally uh, the uh, main stars of the of Korean films usually do die. <laughs> no. Well, I didn't, I'm not a connoisseur. <laughs> no, but uh, I, yep. I will. I will. Yeah, no, though, like you said, the uh, the effects, like the way it started out. Like at first, I thought it was a Bollywood movie, just because <laughs> how cool like the the moon looked. I was like, be a Bollywood movie because they shoot those really well. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, do. yeah. No, this so. was very well. Like I was like uh, at first, I had to check because I thought it was like maybe Chinese, but it was Korean. So. Yeah, the Korean film industry yeah. has really been up in its game the last few years. Well, well shot. I will give it yeah. that. You got to give it kudos there for sure. All right. So wait, that brings us to the four hundred pound gorilla la 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 in the room this week which is Blue Beetle. Recent college grad Jamie Riaz returns home full of... Uh, I was aspirations. Say I was going to say something else, <laughs> but it's aspirations. 
for his future, only to find that home is not quite as he left it. As he searches to find his purpose in the world, fate intervenes when Jamie unexpectedly finds himself in possession of an ancient relic of alien biotechnology. I should have really read the synopsis before uh, watching the trailers. But anyway, uh, the scarab. When the scarab suddenly chooses Jamie to be its symbolic host... Symbiotic. symbiotic. I was about to say symbolic. Boy, am I bad at this. He is bestowed with an incredible suit of armor, capable of extraordinary and unpredictable powers, forever changing his destiny as he becomes the superhero Blue Beetle. Yay! Yay! <laughs> ah, this movie makes the character so confusing. So was it a scarab thing created by the military, or was it a piece of alien tech like in the comic books? Because if the military created this thing, it is pretty damn stupid to make a piece of equipment that has to choose its host. I mean, that completely defies any logic of military tech application. But I digress. Actually, no. Let me stay on this tangent for a moment. Secondly, which Blue Beetle is this supposed to be? The they third. show all the weapons and tech from all the previous Blue Beetles, a.k.a. Ted Cord, But it's the teenage Jamie Reyes Blue Beetle that was introduced after Infinity Crisis. So what we have here is a combo character, the tech of Iron Man, that does the abilities of the Green Lantern, and an overall character that is trying too hard to behave like Deadpool, fighting a villain with similar tech that, oddly enough, also looks like the Maximilian robot from the Black Hole. I don't know if anybody else got that vibe, but that's what I got out of that. You might hate the analogy, but you can't tell me I'm wrong. And also, since this movie has been going on since before James Gunn, it more than likely isn't part of his DCU, which makes this a worthless, uninteresting, seen-it-all-before one-shot that has too many superhero tropes just in the trailer to make it worth my time. Touch Brown. I could not be more brutal about a no, synopsis. You <laughs> okay, you want to follow up that scather, Tony? Yeah, well, that was that was good, man. That was really good. Um, I I think that James Gunn is pushing it like it's supposed to kick it off, even though he didn't have anything to do with it. But uh, DC has not been great at all. Shazam: Fury of the Gods and The Flash were extremely disappointing. Uh, but, you know, you got to kind of see how things are going to kick off with the James Gunn DC. I don't expect much or know much, really even care much about Blue Beetle. Um, it looks like a mix of Iron Iron Man, Ant-Man, and Spider-Man, all from the Marvel Universe. In fact, it kind of looks lame. I have no <laughs> real expectations. Um, you know, I think... I'll probably see it. So I'll put it as a blah, but I don't really care to see it. Okay. But I'll, but I'll end the touch brown streak. I'm going to go ahead and <laughs> I'm going to give it a blah. Um, so the actually, streak ends with this. a nugget of blah. Let's, let's do this. We're going to, we're going to change that. Let's do this. Cause I probably will see it in a theater. Cause there's not much else coming out. So let's, Let's up it to a half Tuesday matinee so-so. We'll give love to the so-so here. We'll give all right the so-so of the show. Uh, so-so maybe on a Tuesday afternoon. Okay. Yeah, it looks horrible. All right, Rob, what say you? Um, wow, you guys, yeah. Um, <laughs> We're not nice this <laughs> Apparently not. I actually am excited about this movie. Like that, buddy. I I'm actually excited about this movie. Out of all the DC movies that um have been you know coming out in the uh, trailers and stuff, this one actually is the one that I've been like, all right, I can't wait for this one. Uh, my daughter too, she's actually actually interested in this one. Um, it got her attention. So, um, 
I I don't know. I I like it. There's like some inside jokes there. I like how it's kind of the the tech looks really cool. Um, so I'm gonna say it's good. But oh, okay. We're hopefully to go see it Friday. So <laughs> book report time. <laughs> Spencer, what say you? Well, uh, I know I'm in a minority when I say that I actually like the Snyder movies. I do know I do acknowledge they are far from perfect, but there's more to that I like in them. I than enjoy them too. So. <laughs> All right, so but and but this does seem to be far enough from the Snyderverse uh, feel that I think people will enjoy it regardless. Um, but then also, you know, you know, people people keep complaining about how DC is so dark and everything, and you finally get a guy who's a little more lighthearted, and people complain because oh, he's like he's just trying to be Spider Man. Yeah, that's that's like basically everybody <laughs> in comic books. Yeah, you know, there have been so many, so many clones of Spider-Man over the years that you know you could have your own clone saga just on characters from DC and even Marvel and Image that are supposed to basically be Spider-Man in personality, but uh, or Superman in personality, or, or Batman in personality, exactly, or Wolverine yes. in personality, yeah, I mean, or Deadpool in personality. I mean, you can you can have debates for years. I'm like. Who's better, Green Arrow or Hawkeye? Uh, you know, because you know you have characters that are almost exactly well, like they're each lame, other. Both lame. They shoot arrows. I mean, <laughs> in the like superhero Green universe, Arrow. I use a bow. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did like that Hawkeye acknowledged that that made no sense in Age of Ultron, though. Yeah, but, especially against <laughs> robots. But anyway. Yeah, yeah but anyway, with, with Blue Beetle, I have to admit that he is not one of the ones I followed most closely. My, my, my brother is, is basically giving me all my education on Blue Beetle. And... Uh, the video game Injustice 2. Mm-hmm. And I actually really liked him in Injustice 2. So uh, the character seems likable. I mean, you know, people want us, want DC to kind of go away from the dark and gritty, and I think they've they've succeeded here. And I think this looks like it could be fun. So I'm going to give it a good, because I do actually want to go see this, and All I do right. want to see it in a theater with my fans and family. Wow. I am in the minority with that one. All right, so that <laughs> concludes the movies for this week. The big 400-pound gorilla in the room this week, Blue Beetle. Uh, Tony, Spencer and Rob both gave it goods. Tony gave it a so-so, and I gave it a touch brown. The Moon um, got a, a good from Rob, a so-so from Spencer, and a touch brown from Tony and I. Dark Windows. Uh, Rob got it a blah, and uh, the rest of us, Tony, Spencer, and I, gave it a touch browns. Landscape with invisible hands. Uh, Rob gave that one. Boy, Rob, you were blah 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 good. Good. <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he, he was. He was the nice one this week. He's a happy guy this week. No, they were. Like I said, I, they were on streaming. I'd see him if they were on streaming. Uh, a landscape with invisible hands. Rob gave it a blah. Everybody else gave it a touch brown. Birth slash rebirth. Uh, Rob Spencer and I gave it a blah, and Tony, of all people, gave it a touch brown. <laughs> so, so those are the movies coming out this week. Next week, interesting ones: uh, Retribution with Liam Neeson, who does his uh, version of Speed in his own car. Oh, speed no. slash Taken. Yeah. <laughs> He's taken too much Speed. Everything, everything <laughs> slash Taken. You know what? Uh, when they out. when they actually made a sequel to Taken, and it's like Taken Two, I'm like. That's bad English. It should be taken also. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Uh, uh, Warrior King, uh, The Dive, The Inventor, 
and Gran Turismo, mm -hmm. based on a true story. Yes. It actually says that in the title, yes. well, you based on a it true a, story. It is a true story. Okay. Yeah, because it's, not a, it's not like the game's story. It's, it's, it's a story of somebody who used the game, game to, become to basically a, train themselves to become yep. a professional well, driver. Now it, I don't want to watch it. <laughs> it was actually a real thing. The guy who okay, won I, 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 the contest, and he's a professional driver now. He's actually the stunt driver for the movie, too. And now I don't want to watch it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You just ruined it. Ruined it. You ruined it. I thought it was about the damn game. It is about the game. Kind of. Well, yeah. no, I mean, literally about the game. Well, yeah. It's, it, well, it's about okay. the, how so the game Nissan was so realistic. and the game. Yeah. Is it, can, I, can't, I can't remember if it's – I don't think – I want to say Konami, but uh, whoever the uh, – Producer. Producer of the game I believe is, it was Konami. And Nissan held a actual contest. Okay. And this guy won the contest, and they he's now a professional race car driver. Okay, unless it's like Tron where he got sucked into the game, I'm not interested anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, but I love I have to say, I, I have a nostalgia thing. Say what, Tony? I'm sorry, go ahead, Tony. Oh, ooh, it's got Hellboy in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of have a nostalgia thing for this though because uh, well, it's just awesome that the, the, they put so much tender loving care into this game that it was realistic enough that a guy could train to become a professional driver, right? Yeah. But then also um, with Gran Turismo two, my dad and I would have epic races with the Mini Coopers. Mm. Every one of our races always came down neck to neck, and it always came. And it always came to who was able to actually be the cheapest and, ch and hit the person at the beginning harder. <laughs> oh, I'd be totally. Uh, whenever I played a racing game, it was Death Race Two Thousand. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was ramming people into stuff, and you know whatever I could oh, yeah, do but, to uh, win. Dad and I, we had epic races. It was so much fun over the years. All right, Tony. Anything you wanted to add in the closing minutes? Um, no, just, uh, well, we got two minutes. I did do the Phoenix question. Oh, um, oh yeah. Which was the time travel. Um, my answer is yes, I would, but I wouldn't interfere with anything. I would just observe. So where I'd would you go? go in, or... I'd go to any time frame where my mom was still alive just to see her again. But if I had to pick one day, it'd be the last day she was alive. That was April 16th, 2003. I would just do lunch and everything I did normal, but I would just stretch it out longer knowing it was her last day. So mm -hmm. kind of sentimental, but that's what I would do if I time travel. I definitely wouldn't do anything altering, though. Wow. Did you catch any of our answers earlier in the show? No. No, uh, I didn't. Okay, real quick then. Uh, but put Rob, in the replay, or you can tell me. Um, I'll tell you real quick because you're going to laugh. Just a shameless plug. Uh, you're, you're, like, shameless plug, podcast. yeah, so you can listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, so, so Rob would uh, go into the past, and uh, uh, depending on if it was a return trip or not, because if it was a one-way trip, he would go back to 1984 uh, just to live out his days uh, as an adult. Um, if he got a return trip, he would go... See Tina Turner. See Tina Turner in Brazil. Uh, Spencer would go into the future and uh, steal tech to bring it back here and claim that he built it. Um, so that was his. And mine was I would go back 10 to 10,000 BC and draw alien spaceships on caveman walls just to freak people out in, the few, in my time frame. <laughs> that, would, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. All right, so with that being said, it is time for the top of the hour. And then uh, if you missed any part of the program, you can catch it on the podcast, as Tony mentioned. Uh, we, we will be back momentarily with our special guest this evening, award-winning author of the Craven and the Crow series, Michael K. 
Valens. Oh my God! Man, I had it. I had it. You were on a streak, man. Falciani. Okay, Falciani. All right. So, thank you very much, Tony, and we'll be back right after this. This is the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. Spencer Stoner, Rob Nalt, and I, your not so humble host, Jimmy Jones. And, uh, believe it or not, it's only been two years that Michael K. Falciani, I said his name right, yay, yay. has uh, been writing books. But uh, it tells you something about your career when just about everything you write is award-winning. Uh, starting with his uh, six-book ser- six series that he has started, The Raven and the Crow, which is only two books in. He is working on the third installment of that series, The Halfway Point, as well as his other novels, which includes the dwarven f- steampunk novel called, I'll get it here in a minute, as soon as I look it up, The Dwarves of Rom. Uh, and why did it cut the title off? <laughs> <laughs> Omens of War. Why? I only put an O on there, which you can pick up now at Barnes and Noble and Amazon.com. But uh, Amazon, Barnes and Noble is the one who cut the title off on you there. I apologize for that. How are you, sir? I'm great. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm so glad you, you muscled your way through the name. I listened to it before I got on. I was like, oh, come on, man. That's terrible. <laughs> yeah, I had to go to... so and so well for the first two hours. <laughs> yeah, I was man. Up until that, la- up until the end of the second hour, and then I was like, "It was your nerves." Yeah, <laughs> uh, it was something. Um, but I, I just lost it. So you have a total of five books out, um, two of which are part of the Raven and the Crow series: Dark Storm Rising, which is the first book in the series; The Gray Throne, which is the second book in the series. Um, and the steam, the dwarf steampunk novel, The Dwarves of Rom, Omens of War, which is set in the same universe as the uh, Raven and the Crow book series. Um, so uh, what made you decide to start writing kind of a f- urban fantasy? Well, um, you know, the, the, these are more epic fantasy. They're not, they're not really urban fantasy. I do have an urban fantasy short story out in... Uh, and it came from the trailer park, Volume One, which yeah. actually hit number one on the Amazon charts, which none of us could believe. So that was that was pretty exciting. I can actually put down I was the number one uh, author on Amazon. You're That's pretty number awesome. one. You're number one. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was, that was. I think it was a it was more a fluke than anything. I was sitting there going, "What happened? What happened?" What happened? So hey, you know, sometimes fun, yeah. better lucky than good, right? I mean, right. I, 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 but, good. but you're good. I'm both. So you're both. So that's good. Really good. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, I started writing epic fantasy. I mean, I've been a fan of epic fantasy ever since I was a little kid. My, my dad got me excited about it and interested in it, you know, ever since I read The Hobbit and uh, The Black Cauldron. So th- these are all books that, that I liked. And I remember reading one one day, and I'm not going to say who it was or who the author was because I don't want to embarrass anybody. But I got about a, a third of the way through it, and I just closed it. And I said, I, I could write better than this. This is, I don't know how this got published. And so I said, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and give it a try. And I think I was 22 or 23 at the time. And, you know, you said I've only been writing for two years. It's not, it's not, it's not fully accurate. I've been writing for 25 years. But oh, I've been well. published. I've been published for the last two years. But it took me all that time to kind of come up with a story and backstory and, and get that first book out. But once I got that one out, I, I got the next one out in the, in the next six months. The next one was uh, like eight months later. And then I have a, actually have a romance novel that just came out, which is uh, – <laughs> I wasn't expecting to write that. <laughs> but my publisher said uh, – he, he kept cutting some of those, uh, those scenes from my other book. 
<laughs> and he, I go, why do you keep cutting scenes, man? <laughs> he said, look, we don't really publish that. It doesn't really fit with your world. I said, yeah, of course it does. What are you talking about? So we, I don't want to say we had an argument, but we had a disagreement about it. <laughs> and he finally said, why don't you just write a romance novel? So, so I did. And that one <laughs> came out about three months ago. And that one is actually going to be up for uh, romance novel of the year next year. I don't, I don't know if it'll win, but wow! Well, but, you know, we'll, still, we'll see. see uh, so just about everything you've written so far: uh, Misfits of Magic, uh, Dark Storm Rising, The Gray Throne, which uh, those two are part are the Raven and the Crow series. Uh, Harvest right. Moon, a Raven and the Crow romance novel, but it's set in the that same universe. Yeah. And the Dwarves of Rom, uh, Omens of War. All set in the same universe. Uh, I don't know about Misfits of Magic. Was that set in the same universe as well? So that's actually a crossover event between the Raven and the Crow and the Dwarves of Rom because I knew those those stories were going to be connected, mm. and I wanted to do a little kind of crossover event for my for my true reader, my true fans. And there's a big uh, there's a really a big reveal in that. But the, if you haven't read it yet, um, you know you, you're going to miss it until later on in the series. So anybody who mm. You know, is listening wants to read this short story about uh, the Raven and the Crow and the Dwarves of Rom. It's it's uh, it's the anchor story in that in that one. And uh, I will tell you, it's pretty. I had a lot of fun writing it. Oh. Short stories are nice because you know, you're done in like a week or two. You're like, all right, there we go. And it all <laughs> serves as backstory for the universe, which is the same thing the romance novel did. I, I was writing characters for book three, and uh, when he said I could do a romance, I said, well. I'm going to take this character I like from this book and uh, I'm going to put it in into the romance novel. And again, it's all just backstory. It make, makes that universe a lot more you know, detailed and rich. It was really, again, so much fun to write. I mean, I'm not really a romance author. I sat on a romance panel when I was at the Imaginarium. And, you know, me and a bunch of, you know, some, some ladies up there, <laughs> they all... They were all saying, hey, this is what a romance novel is. And I was like, that's not what mine's like. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty pretty funny for me. Oh, you want to hear funny? I didn't didn't include that at all. I got a lot of action in mine. I'm not sure what you're talking about. I'm not doing the slow burn. I've never read a romance novel in my life. I just know I wouldn't ever read a romance (laughs) novel in my life. But somehow, (laughs) some way, when I was doing panels for the Reno Pop Culture Con, that was one of the panels I had to do was uh, for for romance and and storytelling. <laughs> and one of the authors that were up on the panel, <laughs> she walked by and she saw my laptop, and all I did was have all I had on there for, was the authors' names and what they did, so I just knew who they were. She's <laughs> like, "Okay, that panel." And at the end of it, she's like, "Okay, that panel was a lot better than I thought it was going to be because I looked at your computer and you had no notes up." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not a romance guy. <laughs> I just no, not a, I get it. No, no, no Fabi, Fabi for you." Fabian, what's his name? Fabio. 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 Yeah. Wow. No, oh is it because of the hair, Rob? Is that why you're saying that? Okay. Yeah, I don't. I don't think my romance is like that. I sat on that panel. I learned a lot. They were like, "All right." One of the one of the audience members asked about, you know, the spice meter. What what spicy level is everybody's romance? I was like, "What the hell is a spice meter? <laughs> <laughs> pepper and Cajun powder on there? I don't know what you're talking. I never heard of it." The spice meter. I, I hadn't read any romance either. It's my problem is just that, like, write your stuff, leave those scenes in. I said, "All right, that's what I'm doing." So. <laughs> All right, so just out of curiosity, just out of curiosity, uh, the Grey Throne and the Darkstorm Rising. Uh, since you said your editor was cutting out all of the romance uh, sections, basically of those novels. Um, right. In the near future, um, I don't know. Maybe if you switch publishers, or maybe as a special <laughs> edition, um, is there a possibility of those being included back into those novels? I think if I ever become, you know, famous, that that will be the that will be the case. That yeah. I do have those scenes 
uh, written. They're still on my on my copies on my computer. But oh. uh, <laughs> I, I think I gave away one of the one of the chapters at a, at another uh, interview that I did. I said, "Hey, anybody who wants it, this can get they get they got a free shot at the scene." I don't remember. It was like a year and a half ago. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if anybody read it. But I had a good time writing it. I can tell you, I, did, I had a great time doing some research for it. If you know what I'm saying? <laughs> 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 so that's, that was that was fun too. A lot of what were the uh, what did you call those uh, Cinemax After Dark movies? <laughs> <laughs> Showtime After Dark. Some, yeah, there you go. Some brown chicken, brown right. cow. A lot of brown chicken, brown right. cow. One, yeah. of the, one of these days, I'm gonna have to get a partner for that. It'll be really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I was joking. Come on. Wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just don't use your writing hand, I guess. We are in public air. I am. Right I'm keeping it. I'm keeping a PG. I'm keeping a PG. Ish. <laughs> Ish. Yeah. Great. So you've That's written uh, five actual novels. Um, uh, technically, uh, I guess uh, is Misfits of Magic. Is that a full blown novel or is that like a short story? So yeah, I, I have I have four novels that I've written, and then there's a short story, Misfits of Magic. There's one in um, there's a short story, and it came from the trailer park. I've put out a couple other short stories um, that have been accepted. Uh, they haven't come out yet, so we're just, I'm just waiting on that, which is which is fine. There's no rush. Whenever whenever they they get them done is great. But so yeah, I just have the I, I just I just have the four. <laughs> I sit here, I'm surrounded by these books. I'm like. Just for all. Oh, yeah, I did. It's crazy. So out of all those, it's almost like a trivia question. Which one hasn't won an award? So the only one that hasn't won was Harvest Moon (laughs) because because it just came out, which doesn't mean it's going to win. (laughs) I I went into this year's um, Imaginarium, which is is a a nice uh, uh, press um, event in Louisville, Kentucky. I was lucky enough to go last year. And Dark Storm Rising won the audiobook of the year, which, you know, and I, I really kind of share that with Joshua Saxon, who did the audiobook for Dark Storm Rising, and he did The Grey Throne. It's, God, he's just a phenomenal nominator, I, I, a reader, narrator. He's just, mm-hmm. he's just outstanding. I could listen to that guy read me the phone book and be like, go on, what happened? <laughs> right. you know, Who's next? He's just, he's just incredible. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that, was, that was last year. This year, The Grey Throne was up for Fantasy Novel of the Year. And, and I, I wasn't expecting to win. There's, there's so many great authors. The guy who had won multiple times was in it. And when they called my name, I sat there and stared at everybody. I was like, are they talking to me? Do I need to go up there? So I, so I get to go up and do a little speech. But it was, it, was, it was pretty exciting. And then when they called my name for The Dwarves of Rom for the steampunk novel, you know, by then I was you know, just like shocked. And uh, I mean, Terry Brooks was in the audience. You know, the guy who did the the Shannara series. Mm-hmm. He wow. was their special guest star. That guy was that guy was right there clapping for him. I was like, "Oh, well, there's Terry Brooks right there." So, <laughs> that, that, now, that, was yeah, that was I have to say that was pretty cool. Be called up there twice. Yeah, you were talking about highlights in their career. That would be one right there. Yeah. If you have yeah, somebody yeah, like no, Terry I, Brooks there applauding for you, that would be a highlight of, of your career to look back on. No, he was he was so he was so great. I got to I got to sit on a panel with him, which was also exciting. I actually got to reference his book uh-huh. on in the panel, and I kept I kept going. I'm not going to look down there to see if I'm saying this right because I know he's going to. You know, he just laughed. It was really a great environment. So it was, it was exciting. Did you get his autograph? <laughs> I, you know, everybody was asking him, and I didn't want to be that guy. Right? <laughs> I'm, good, I, I'm good. I don't need the autograph. It was just exciting for me to sit there and, you know, to be on a panel with this guy. He's a living legend. You know, how, how many authors are that that famous right. from, uh, you know, from the 80s? And I still got, he's still going strong. You know, he's fantastic. Did you, so, get a, did you at least get a picture with him? 
Uh, there, there's a video of us. Okay. Uh, <laughs> somewhere floating around on the internet. But, uh, Find it, take I'm, a I'm still picture right? and put that up. I, I got to sit next to this guy. So... No, it was it was he walked in the elevator. Nobody knew who I was. He was, and I was like, "Holy shit, you're Terry Brooks!" Oh, <laughs> I, like, I, I, I was like, "Dude, I'm gonna be on a panel." I'm like, "Okay, fell." Well. I mean, it was great. too late. It was uh, so cool. Just watch the language, sir. Oh, I apologize. <laughs> um, yeah, that military background all of a sudden kicked in. Um, so <laughs> so uh, you got uh, the, the third book, which will be coming out uh, for the uh, the. Raven and the Crow series. Uh, what is book three going? Uh, when is that due out, and what's it going to be titled? Because right now it just says coming soon. Right, so it, it's going to be due. I mean, I would like to have it done by this autumn. Um, that's that's always been the goal, and the title is um, the Raven and the Crow: Shores of Blood. Mm-hmm. And I, I've been working on this one for a little bit longer than the others. And unfortunately, I've had so many personal events that happened. One, one was last summer. My my daughter had. I don't want to get into details, but she had to have a emergency operation and that kind of derailed me for months because it was life and death there for 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 quite a while so that that was not that was not pleasant and then i had an incident this summer where you know my i another personal issue that happened and that kind of derailed my my writing for you know it really wasn't that long ago but i have started getting getting back to work on it and you know i'm happy to say it's like 65 percent done so if I can just put my nose to the grindstone, I'm hoping to have that out by um, done by by September, and then into my publisher, and hopefully, you know, maybe we can get it out by late September or October. I mean, it's really up to him. But one of the great things about it is is the cover art that that we've done for these um, these books, the Dark Storm Rising and the Gray Throne, and Shores of Blood. All the cover art was done by the graphic arts class at uh, at Carson High School, and those students we had a contest. Those students each put in a, a, a cover, and the winners got the cover for the pictures, or a cover for the books, and they also got to sign contracts with my publisher. So that's like oh, one wow. of the greatest things wow. I, I like about that's really cool. About stuff. Yeah, that's awesome. And, you know, those books are international. They're, I even heard of there was one in India. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> that's awesome. If you would like to check out all of his award-winning books, and even the one that hasn't won an award yet, Harvest Moon. They are at barnesandnoble.com as well as amazon.com. So both locations do have all of his books. Uh, also check out Misfits of Magic uh, for the spoiler to the upcoming uh, for the series and the crossovers with the Dwarves of Rom, Omens of War, and the, and the uh, um, I guess, the Arid, or how, how would you say, the main uh, the Raven and the Crow ser- series yeah. uh, universe. Um, so those are all combined together. You could also go and check out his website, Michael K. Falciani, ah, I said uh, said it right. There you go. I dot com, I all one you. word. <laughs> yeah, I've only made one mistake on that. So, um, so sir, I, I, I there's got to be a boon here because you know the all all your books so far has won an award, and it looks like you might have all uh, you know five in a row uh, or four, or should I say four for all four novels that you've put out at what point will your publisher be saying you know or as or somebody coming around knocking for a first look for a movie or, or TV a series, series. <laughs> I mean of course that's, that's it's always exciting to, to hear that and I've had people ask me that before and you know I feel like saying I mean that, that was that sounds great but um you know, if you don't have that massive following like like The Witcher or The Lord of the Rings or The Game of Thrones, you know, all of which went on to be, you know, relatively successful movies or shows, 
I'm, I'm not. I'm certainly not big enough yet. Although it's nice to know I have the awards, and maybe someday that's a possibility. Um, I've, I've already said if Netflix ever wants to cast it, I, I definitely want to be in it. I want to be one of the dead guys in the back laying down going, I'm in the movie, right? So, <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to say going, I, I, I'm not quite dead. <laughs> I feel at ease. Well, sir, um, unfortunately, we are at the end of the interview time. Um, but I appreciate you being on. Again, if you want to go and check out everything Michael K. Falciani yeah, he is all his books, The Dwarves of Rom, Omens of War, the entire, at this point in time anyway, the Raven and the Crow series, Darkstorm Rising, and the Grave Throne are all, bo- all of those, and Misfits of Magic are available at Amazon.com, as well as BarnesandNoble.com, and please go check out his website, MichaelKFalciani.com, all one word, and you can find all of his social links there, as well as his bio, and sign up for his newsletter for an exclusive chapter of one of his books. So that's very exciting stuff. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Our apologies to Michael K. Falciani. Uh, once we get to the end of the outro, kind of cut him off there. So I apologize for that, sir. Um, but again, you can go and check out all of his books at Barnes & Noble. Amazon.com and every place practically. Um, he had, like I said, four novels out, uh, two of which are the the Raven and the Crow series, mm-hmm. uh, Dark Storm Rising, which is book one, The Grey Throne, which is book two, The Dwarves of Rom, Omens of War, which is uh, set in the same universe, as well as the uh, the standout romance novel that has yet to but is probably up going to win an award harvest moon a raven and the crow romance <laughs> so uh, and don't forget misfits of magic as well uh, all all five all of those are available go check them out and uh, i do follow them on the facebook so give pop culture kaboom a like and follow on the facebook and uh when he posts about his new book I will be posting it in our news feed, so that way you can go and check it out as well. All right, so Pokemon TCG Japan, uh, Pokemon the trading card game, has now released the newest Scarlet and Violet era set. This new set is a Charizard-themed expansion titled Ruler of the Black Flame. They always come up with the weirdest names for these things. Uh, It hit hit shelves on July 28th, and it included 108 cards, not including secret rare cards. This expansion is the first to feature Terra Pokemon with a Terra type that differs from its standard typing. This feature is most prominently seen on the Dark type Terra Charizard EX. I'm sorry, what now? I don't know. I'm... I might as well be describing how to build a nuclear reactor at this point. Okay. <clears throat> this feature is most prominent, blah, 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 uh, but it also shows up on the fire type Terra SQ EX and electric type Terra Tyranitar EX. It has already been confirmed that this set will, in part, make up Scarlet and Violet Obsidian Flames, which will be our English language Pokemon the trading card game set for August. 2023 it is also confirmed that ruler of the black flame will combine with the cards from the upcoming japanese ex starter decks as well as leftover cards from other japanese sets this year by the way the article mentions that there are 108 cards in the set not including the secret rares there are 33 total secret rares in the set which includes three gold hyper cards 
just wow. so you know. Um, that's that's a lot of secret cards. Yes, it is. So, Spencer, yes. you'll be interested in this one. Metroid Prime 4 Woo! was announced for Nintendo Switch six years ago. Yes, it was. <laughs> in 2017. Two years later, in 2019, it was revealed that the game restarted development. Yep. Since 2019, it's been crickets. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Leaving Nintendo fans confused and worried about the game. However, reports and rumors state the title is still in development. Oh, that's good. <laughs> and now, a new leak has potentially revealed a few new details about the game. Ooh. Did you already know about any of this? No, tell me. Okay. Uh, the details aren't supremely consequential, but because <laughs> Nintendo fans still know nothing about the game, they are notable. The leak comes way of Nick Barker Baker, a prominent industry insider who largely treks in Xbox Intel, but does sometimes branch out beyond Xbox, which includes providing Nintendo scoops. Generally, he is very reliable. Speaking on the Xbox era podcast, Baker said he was recently contacted by someone who has seen the game. Hmm. It's uh, it's unlikely this is uh, this is someone at Retro Studios, but likely someone working on it as an external partner. Whatever the case, according to this source, the game is visibly unbelievable. Nice in quotes, even. <laughs> is that good or bad? Uh, <laughs> well, it does it, not say. <laughs> I, I am I am going to err on the side of optimism. <clears throat> How this is achievable on Nintendo hardware remains to be seen. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> But well, it's likely relative. Adding to this, it's claimed the game has big, massive areas. That's very cool. Yeah. And there's no word the game is open world, but it sounds like its environments will be more open-ended and less linear. In fact, the game is likened to Halo Infinity in this regard. Mm. So, uh, which isn't a true open world game, but it is right. close. Unfortunately, this is where the saline tests come to an end. Of course, what is here what is here to be should be taken with a grain of salt. While a source in question has proven reliable in the past, it doesn't change the fact that this is a rumor, right. not official information. Yeah, but uh, Nintendo does have a very solid air of secrecy about it because. Uh, last year, Metroid Dread dropped co by completely by surprise, and that game was awesome. Okay, so, uh, so that that was a good to help help hold out to wait for Metroid Prime Four to, to uh, uh, finally drop. Further, even if it's accurate, it's subject to change, especially when you consider how tumultuous the game's development has already been. Nintendo has not com commented on this alleged information in any capacity. And we I don't expect this to change for a handful of reasons, but if it does, you will be sure we will be sure to update the story accordingly. So okay, that, that helps me. That helps. That helps fill my little black heart with a with a. A shred of hope. Okay, Grinch. Uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 is getting its official reveal next week via a Call of Duty World Warzone 2 event. Okay. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 has been one of the biggest open secrets in the industry for months now. Since last year, around the time Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 was announced, it was heavily rumored that Sledgehammer Games, 
was developing what would be an expansion to modern warfare too that later in that that later formed into a full-fledged premium release that would take on the title of Modern Warfare 3 in the past couple of months we've seen tiny leaks that paint a picture of what we could expect from the new game is still a bit vague on what exactly the difference between these two titles will be besides a new story new maps and weapons isn't that usually the only difference right. between any of these yeah, games yeah pretty much it's expected Games. to be largely a continuation from the previous game, but it's unclear if there will be any big new defining features, modes, or other things to truly set the two games apart. You know what I'd like to see one time? Cause what would you like to they see? They got tank games, <laughs> and they got these uh, PUBG-style games, and you can ride vehicles into PUBG-style games. Mm-hmm. Why can't you have a tank? I mean, and actually go around and shoot a tank, you know, and use a tank. And, well, I know and, in Destiny, or, riding in a tank is very satisfying. Yeah, see, like that. or yeah, no. You know, so why can't they include that in, say, like Modern Warfare or PUBG or any of these? Maybe graphically it's not exciting to see, like, a little screen, like, hole that you're shooting out of or something. <laughs> Well, the, you could change it to first person or third person. I mean, yeah, you can well, that's what up. Destiny does. It switches to a third person outside the tank. Mm. But, so but see what's going on. aiming is really easy. That could be part of the problem. Well, they'd have to make aiming realistic, which would be interesting. And uh, can you imagine being on, you know, you're playing this game and all of a sudden the tank's rolling at you? That'd <laughs> scare you. That you'd talk about a brown, a touch brown. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, uh, so we got the first Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3 trailer teaser this week with confirmation that it will launch on November 10th. Activision has since confirmed that a proper reveal for the game, likely featuring first gameplay, will happen during a Call of Duty Warzone 2 event on August 17th. This was heavily rumored already, but it's unclear what the event will look like. Past reveal events have included players having to search for items before a nuclear bomb detonates, destroy a train, and so on. So how is that a big Modern Warfare 3 kind of thing? you got to find things to keep a nuclear bomb from detonating. I mean, that makes no sense. Anyway. I don't know. I don't play it. I don't know. I'd have to have my daughter. She plays it. Okay. So last year, HBO announced that they were developing a series that would act as a parody about superhero movie making. Mm-hmm a la the Marvel Cinematic Universe. HBO then revealed that the franchise is being developed by Emmy Award-winning showrunner John Brown and will be directed by Academy Award winner Sam Medias. The franchise will star a lot of familiar faces, such as Billy Magnesian, uh, as well as two MCU alums, Richard E. Grant, who played Loki. Uh, I believe that was the... Uh, yeah, yeah the he was one original. of the variants. Yeah, the uh, original Loki variant in the uh, Mm -hmm. the TV series. Mm -hmm. And Daniel Braun from The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There hasn't been much news on the franchise since the initial announcement. Gee, I wonder why. Uh, You know, considering, you know, Hollywood's on strike and all. But anyway. Uh, But now we have some big news for you. HBO has revealed that the franchise has been given a series order at the premium channel, premium cable network. In the official press release for the franchise's series order, Amy Gravetti, Executive Vice President, HBO Programming, Head of HBO and Max Comedy Series, released a statement in honor of the news, which goes as I quote in, in quotes, with a deft 
Touch, D-E-F-T. Deft? Deft. Deft Deft Touch. I was right. Uh, Only he can bring. Sam has brilliantly captured the romance and the reality of filmmaking today. Romance. Uh, Grevet said in in the statement, John is superb at sending, setting, sending up worlds we think we already know. Sending up. Uh, together with Armando, they have delivered a truly hilarious. Who is Armando? Well, this name is like coming out of nowhere. Uh, they have truly, they have delivered a truly hilarious comedy ensemble. I can't wait to see more. The franchise currently doesn't have a release window, but should be expected on the network in the next few years. <laughs> few years well yeah. yeah i mean i mean if it was planned on two years i mean with the, with the strike is right 2025 i mean yeah. oh they've been taking so long now to do tv shows like yeah why oh i know the the last of us you, you, yeah you forget that yeah. there was even a show by the time the next yep. season comes out and All that right. was before <clears throat> like the strike was announced so <laughs> so i got bad news for everybody who uh is uh, on disney plus streaming and hulu yep. uh, during its latest quarterly earnings call on wednesday the walt disney company announced significant price increases for both disney plus and hulu the ad-free disney plus plan which was originally 7.99 per month will soon cost 13.99 a month Following the second price hike in as many years, the ad-free Hulu option will be going up from a whopping, going up to a whopping seventeen ninety-nine per month. Wow, mm-hmm. uh, that's all I got to say about that. Is wow. Both increases are frustrating. No, really, uh, but the overall cost of the new Hulu subscription is really getting on the platforms you on the on. Getting to the platform's users, the ad-free versions of both services are still significantly less expensive, and bundling them together offers a steep discount. But the Hulu price alone is one that a lot of folks just have no interest in paying. Quite a few Hulu subscribers took to social media on Wednesday to voice their frustration after the news broke. Many said they were going to be canceling the service altogether Immediately after the uh, new season of Only Murders in the Building Years. <laughs> uh, priorities, I guess. Uh, so, are you a Disney Plus subscriber? Mm-hmm. Uh, and Hulu, yeah. Spencer? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think of the uh, price I pay increase? yearly, so I pay one time. In- yeah, but it'll still go it's up. It's going to go but, up, yeah. but... I do everything, uh, yeah. Know, so I'm not going to see as huge of an increase because until you get the bill. <laughs> well, no, because the yearly ones already is like a discounted rate than paying like monthly. So true. Um, the yeah, the Hulu one I'm not too happy about, and they are supposed to be combining the ad free Hulu and Disney Plus for like 19.99 a month, which or something like that, which actually isn't bad. But yeah, there's I, I not think, a yearly plan for that. So yeah, I think that's kind of the future of streaming. Things are since things were so spread out. Now things are going to start consolidating. Oh yeah. Well, and then now Showtime into a cable company, perhaps. Well, no, <laughs> I mean, like Showtime itself is getting rid of their standalone app, and they're being bundled with Paramount. So if you mm-hmm. want to have a sh- watch Showtime, you now got to buy the Paramount Plus with Showtime. <sighs> Yeah, I don't have any. Isn't all this the reason why people stopped doing cable and went to these streaming apps in the first place? Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, like we tried out. <laughs> who, like, who didn't see that coming? We tried out Showtime, and it, there's just not enough on there for me to warrant going forward with it. Not even the know? After Dark. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. Okay. 
After airing Ms. Marvel on ABC and making episodes of Secret Invasion available to stream on Hulu <laughs> at the more expensive pro- pro- platform, I should say, another Marvel Studios series is free to watch outside of Disney+. Plus. No subscription required. Marvel on Wednesday announced that both series and all 40 episodes of the Disney Plus series Marvel Studios Legends are being uploaded to the official Marvel Entertainment channel on YouTube. Mm -hmm. The complete season two is currently available to watch on both Disney Plus and YouTube, with season one episodes rolling out in the coming weeks. Marvel Studios Legends will continue to be available for subscribers to watch on Disney+. Plus. Launched in 2021, Marvel Studios Legends showcases individual characters and revisits some of their most iconic moments within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Segments are typically between three and eight minutes in length and recap previous installments of the MCU canon. Time to coincide with new releases. Now, this is actually a smarter idea by Disney Plus to go through YouTube mm-hmm. because then you get all of the YouTube subscribers, which means you get paid. <laughs> you, know, you can monetize that channel. Right. Yep. And you don't have to charge anybody anything and make money and have millions of subscribers and still get your content out there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that's a smart idea. I think they should things like um that whole legends showcase that they were doing because right. I, I wouldn't watch that under normal circumstances because I'm not a documentary guy of anything. <laughs> so I, you know, that and knowing that they're only in three to eight minute segments, I would watch it on YouTube, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, as three opposed to, to be perfect, you know, yeah. paying for a Disney or Hulu subscription to watch the stuff. So anyway, uh, with the music coming up, that means it is time for the last break of this show. So don't go anywhere. More Pop Culture Kaboom radio show coming up. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. This year marks the 30th anniversary of Steven Spielberg's seminal Michael Crichton adaptation, Jurassic Park, which blends together science fiction, action, adventure, and comedy for a unique and beloved experience for movie fans. While we're already seeing traditional screenings of the film earlier this year, the coming weeks we'll see the re-release of Jurassic Park in... 3D format, which previously landed in theaters for the film's 20th anniversary back in 2013. Whether you never saw the uh, 3D version in theaters or want to immerse yourself in the experience more fully, fans will surely want to check check out an added dimension of excitement. You can find Jurassic Park 3D screenings on the Regal Movies website, due in large part to James Cameron's Avatar in 2009. Feeder chains around the world upgraded their equipment to allow for more 3D screenings. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, while there, while there were many studios that embraced the format for new releases, only so many such releases could be developed in any given year, which saw these studios revisit some of their classic films to deliver an upgraded 3D version. Films like Jaws, Toy Story, and Titanic were all released in this format. Given their initial successes at the box office in 2012, Star Wars The Phantom Menace earned a 3D re-release, which was set to kick off a wave of all six Star Wars films getting the 3D treatment. 
Later that year, Lucasfilms was acquired by the Walt Disney Company and new films were announced, resulting resulting in the plans for those 3D releases being scrapped. So <laughs> <laughs> there you are. Um, I, I I don't know. Do you like watching movies in 3D, Rob? Yes, I do. From Spencer? I can take or leave it. It messes with my eyes. I my wife's it. the same way. So yeah, my brother get... couldn't play first-person shooters because of it for years. Yeah. Wow. So we don't get to see very many. That's why I like... I got to see the Megan 3D with my daughter because she can see 3D movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it triggers my uh, migraine, so I, I can't watch those things. Yeah, it, she it does something. She has um, vertigo, and it does something with her vertigo. Ooh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So while they seem to be rushing to very close to completing production before the actors went on strike last month, it does now appears Deadpool 3 will not hit its original release date. During a call with investors, Disney presented a number of their big upcoming plans, and Deadpool 3 was nowhere to be found on the calendar. Currently expected to be re- to see release on May 3rd, 2024, Deadpool 3 is absent from the theatrical release calendar, which runs through the release of Inside Out 2 in June. Mm. Disney did not comment on the change, and nobody seems to catch it, at, catch, seemed to catch it at the investors' call. Comic book movie picked up on the move, though, calling it to the attention of fans and social media. Uh, whether and when Disney will make the delay official is anybody's guess. At this point, they have, haven't said anything at all. There is probably an argument to be made that a delay could be good for Deadpool 3 if they have a chance to do reshoots after the strikes are over. Not only will they be there be fewer time constraints, but star Ryan Reynolds, a member of the Writers Guild of America, was unable to perform writing duties on set during the initial production could presumably inject some rewrites yep. into the production mm-hmm. i think he has a whole novel of rewrites oh, he yeah. to do. I, I, I yeah i can i, I yeah. would not second guess yeah. that at all um so yeah i kind of figured you know anything that was in production on any level is now going to be delayed period end of story oh yeah i mean when you said that the, uh that uh, deadpool 3 is delayed i mean the the complete lack of shock on all three of our faces. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Oh, really? Oh my! <gasps> no way!" You mean you mean they're going to delay it so they can make it better? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! So maybe some better please, writing. Please I, don't do that. <laughs> take time to do some writing. Oh, oh please, no. Well, I mean, we all know that. If, of course, seeing the first two, you all, everybody knows how much of that was ad lib slash written by Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds on this, you know. So mm-hmm. you you can't have. It's not going to be the same movie if it's not that. You know, like <laughs> what I don't understand is why is there a separate director? I mean, Ryan Reynolds is basically running the production. Why doesn't he just do? Get the it's hard to credit. direct yourself, huh? It's hard to direct yourself. Not for him, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, it's just to add to the frustration of somebody else's job. Uh, if you well, ask me. I, I don't know. I'm sure. There, I'm sure there's on some occasions where somebody has to you know take up a rolled up newspaper, smack them on the nose, and go no. Well, but are they? But are they? <laughs> All right. Uh, this will make you happy, Rob. Okay. Less than two weeks after becoming one of A24's biggest openings, Talk to Me is confirmed to be getting yes. a sequel, mm, as reported that. by Variety. The movie, which comes from filmmaker Danny and Michael Filippo, uh, made its a premiere at the Sundance Film Festival earlier this year, where A24 snagged distribution rights with Talk to Me. Oh, so that's why people do these uh, film festivals. 
so that they can get distribution. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it works uh, really not, helpful not, for not, smaller Not just movies. for those flashy little things on their trailer, you know. Oh. <laughs> See, I thought that was the whole reason, actually. But anyway, um, all right, uh, distribute, distribution rights with Talk To Me, having played various festivals around the world all year. While it might seem like a surprise to many that a sequel could be confirmed so soon after its opening, the Vlipo brothers clearly have had plenty of time to invest in what the future of the narrative could explore. The Filippo brothers are slated to return to direct, while Danny Filippo will be writing the screenplay with Bill Heinzman. Talk to me is in theaters now. After the sequel was announced, A24 took to Twitter to confirm the news, sharing a tweet, uh, sharing a teaser. Is it Twitter anymore, or is it X? It's it X. is X now, okay. but it's but Everyone still, still calls it yeah. Twitter. Yeah. Even yeah. articles, you'll see X, formerly Twitter. Like, yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even emails from X st- have formerly Twitter in parentheses. You see, I think they should drag it out a little bit more to like X, to f- formerly known as the uh, social yeah. media and Twitter. You know, like how Prince used to do that. Yeah, or X <laughs> Twitter 2. <laughs> X, and then, you know, X tw- Twitter 2. X Twitter 2, The Reckoning. Wow, the it reckoning. sounds like too much of a like a call sign that you would see on like a Navy and like Maverick or something. X Twitter 2. Go, go, go. Uh, sharing a teaser that hints the sequel could be titled Talk to Me. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, I get, get a little bit more creative, guys. Come on. All right. Looks like McFarlane Toys has had some extra San Diego Comic-Con 2023 DC Comics exclusives sitting around as they start to arrive online releasing exclusively through McFarlane Toy Store. Another gold label set has arrived. Friends have already seen the Dark Knight Trilogy San Diego Comic-Con exclusive debut with their own uh, with their own online drop. However, looks like some of the others are getting another bundle with the Dread Lantern line art mm. fighting f- art fighting the frozen Mr. Freeze and the 85th anniversary DC Comics Superman. It is surprising to see this hit the so, hit the shop after McFarlane and just had a special online lottery for some of these figures. Uh, either way, it is uh, sweet to see these uh, con- these convention only exclusives arrive online. I guess they just couldn't get rid of them. And the DC Comics Gold Label bundle can be bought now at McFarlandToysStore.com. Looks like the only San Diego Comic Con figure missing are these sketch variants for Superman and Batman who laughs. Uh, which are heading exclusively to Entertainment Earth, and the 30th anniversary Nightfall Batman. So the Pokemon franchise continues to take the world by storm. And boy, did you just go way too far. Okay, when it comes to uh, video games, anime adaptations, manga series, and merchandising, even though Ash Ketchum has left the television series, the show has continued with two new trainers that are aiming to follow in the world champion's footsteps. Thanks to the franchise's ever-increasing popularity, it should come as no surprise that other companies are looking to capitalize on Pikachu and his fellow pocket monsters as McDonald's has a new toy Pokemon toy line hitting Japan later this month. Okay. See, this is the same shocked face as, you know, <laughs> Deadpool 3 being delayed right here. Well, it's in Japan. So bear that in mind. Pokemon <laughs> Natsumatsu, Natsumatsuri Happy Set. Translated to Pokemon Summer Festival. Why didn't you just say that? Uh, we'll, we'll arrive in Japan from August 11th to August 17th, but unfortunately, as far, ha- far as has been reported, won't. 
be making yep. the leap to McDonald's restaurants in North America. That's because Japan has more awesome toys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so if you know anybody in Japan, uh, go tell them to go to McDonald's for you. While Ash's Pikachu might have departed from with the world champion, that hasn't stopped the electric yellow rodent. To He's a rodent? Yeah, he's technically oh. a form of like mouse or rat. Really? I had no idea. <laughs> <Me neither. laughs> I, I didn't think it was any knew, kind of... I knew one of them was like a turtle. <laughs> like, yeah. Bulbasaur. But uh, that's all I knew. Like, okay. <laughs> I, I just didn't. I, I tried. You know, it's a fantasy creature. I try not to figure out what kind of. Well, yeah. Considering he's like goes up, comes up to Ash's knee. <laughs> that's that is one big rat. Chupa, oh, what are those things? Chupa, chupa, chupacabras. No, those no, are, no, like, those capi, are goat suckers. Capieras. Capa, capacabras or whatever the yeah. heck they're called. Oh, capabaras. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> I knew one of us would get it. Uh, anyway, I centered many promotions for the franchise, and such is the case here. In the new col- collaboration with McDonald's, Pikachu is sporting a look in custom with a summer festival in Japan and is joined by the starter Pokemon from Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I'm not going to try and pronounce these things. I'm really <laughs> <Thank> not. <you. laughs> the Pokemon toys that will be arriving at McDonald's restaurants in Japan include a drum set, a Pokeball coaching, fishing and ring toss toys, squirt gun. How's this Pokemon related? Squirt gun set, uh, you Chihuahua fan, pinball game, and a disc fishing game. McDonald's has also stated that there are additional toys on the way in Japan. Hopefully some of them actually are Pokemon. I just added that in there, actually. They probably have, like, a Pokemon sticker. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It goes to show how Pokemon remains a juggernaut in the pop culture world that you can just slap anything in there and put Pokemon on it, I guess. Yep. Um, uh, that decade's following its arrival, it is st- still has numerous merchandise uh, released. While these toys might not make their way to North America fast food restaurants, Pokemon is bringing some big anime installments to Netflix later this year. The final episodes of Ash Ketchum's Journey will arrive on September 8th, with the streaming service also promising that Pokemon Horizons will follow suit on an unspecified date. Mm. Yay? Mm. No? I'm just still waiting for the second Pokemon movie. And uh, (laughs) here's a blast from the past for everybody. Mattel is sinking its teeth uh, into street sharks. Oh. <laughs> 30 years after launching its line of action figures inspired by the Jawsome animated series oh, in yeah. 1994. Now, that's oh, a pun I could get behind. The Jawsome. <laughs> uh, the toy company will re-release a new retro toy line aimed at nostalgic adult collectors yeah. based on the half-shark, half-man crime-fighting f- fighters who kicks serious Finn. <laughs> ah, ah. Uh, the mutated Bolton brothers, Ripster, Strix, Jab, and Big Samu. Uh, the made-for-order collectible figures will be available in time for the Street Sharks 30th anniversary in 2024 from Mattel Creations. The original Street Sharks toy line famously saw the Sharks and their villains, Dr. Paradigm, a.k.a. Dr. Paranoid, Slobster, and Slash, packaged (laughs) in cages. Also from Mattel, the original lineup included a series of rubber puppets with fist-swinging action, (laughs) a vehicle line that featured the Shark Cruiser, the Mako Shark, and basic figures of the show's other blah, 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 blah. They had a character named Benz. Thank you all for tuning in tonight. <laughs> no matter where you are listening, we genuinely appreciate you being here. We hope you enjoyed the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. A big thank you to our guest, Michael K. Falciani. 
please check out Michael K. Falciani's website, michaelkfalciani.com. All one word for all things Michael K. Falciani. This is how I should have practiced in the beginning of the show. So I would have up. <laughs> Including links to his social media sites and subscribe to his newsletter for an exclusive excerpt from his upcoming releases. Next week, Sunday, August 20th, our special guest will be the thinking man sex symbol, brown chicken, brown cow, Monique T. Parent. We'll be talking with Monique T. Parent about her latest horror thriller. Well, that's a wrap scheduled for release Friday, August 25th as well as Monique T. Parent's upcoming projects. We will be also be talking with writer and filmmaker Mark Edlitz about his latest book, Movies Go Forth. Like the, you know, fourth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, a book about all of the uh, film trilogies that actually went beyond the trilogy. Mm. So in their fourth installments and where the franchises went from there. Very mm. interesting read with exclusive interviews, as well as some of Mark Edlitt's previous books. Um, he did two James Bond books, actually. Nice. Uh, please continue supporting Pop Culture Kaboom by listening to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show and the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast produced by 97 and Now Productions. And not only get this episode, but also previous episodes and some bonus material that will be coming up as well. Um, on any app that you listen to podcasts on. But pre- also give a like and follow to Pop Culture Kaboom on Facebook for everything you want, everything you need from Pop Culture Entertainment Daily, and subscribe to the Pop Culture Kaboom YouTube channel for video interviews from events that we have and will be attending. On behalf of our guest, Michael K. Falciani, Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's Horrible Reviews, KNBC, and Spencer, Rob, and I. Thank you for your continued support. Have a great week. See you at Ericon 2023 this weekend. And we will talk with you again right here live next Sunday, 6 to 9 p.m. Until then, be safe, stay healthy, and peace out, Wabbits. <laughs> <laughs>